This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by Patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse. Comic Book Click is on Patreon, guys. For as little as $0.10 cents a day or $3 a month, not only can you help keep the lights on here at Comic Book Click headquarters, but your donation gives you access to exclusive content like CBC commentaries, polls where you can choose what content we cover next, and special behind-the-scenes footage of things here at Comic Book Click. Visit Patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse today and become a Patreon. And remember, you, yes you, are worthy. Hello everybody out there in comic book land, my name is George Serrano aka The Don and if you're listening to this you can only be here for one reason and that's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast brought to you by comicbookclick.com and as always I am never alone, sir can you please introduce yourself? How you doing? I'm Gregory Thomas and I have hidden 100 Riddler trophies across Georgia City. Oh my god. I don't know if I have it, the time, the effort, or the gas in my Tumblr to be able to find all those things there. But you need we have, to find all 100 of the game is not complete, George. We have TT Rebirth here in studio, but he's not even alone. Other sir, can you please introduce yourself? It's John Escudero here, aka Yogi, and I will never be able to come up with an introduction for myself every single episode. So I don't even try. It's a superpower. It's bro. usually based on the episode and that usually makes it a little easier for me. Yes. It, it's his superpower and to be honest I never understood when he got it. I didn't know when the origin of his ability to do these sort of introductions took place but luckily we got an origin story on our hands. We will be talking about uh, Batman begins because we are coming up on the 10 year anniversary of the completion of the Nolan trilogy. And this is also the same year that a new Batman origin film has kind of been introduced uh, with the Batman and people have been kind of celebrating it as I think, I think you could say publicly people have been yeah. saying it's either as good as the dark Knight trilogy or some even saying better. Um, but, but not only that, but we are only a few months away from Chris, from not, from, not, from Christian Bale returning to the superhero genre. Yeah, yeah. Um, as Gore the God Butcher in two months in uh, Thor: Love and Thunder, or in a month when this comes out in Thor: Love and Thunder, he makes um, God sandwiches. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to know, um, really whether or not this trilogy stood the test of time, whether or not the the good moments we remember hit as hard as we remember. And we are, we'll be doing this entire trilogy as a series, um, starting, of course, with this episode, Batman Begins. So I guess I wanted to ask you guys, first and foremost, um, do you remember your relationship with this film? Because me personally, I didn't watch this film probably until a couple months before The Dark Knight. I actually saw. You mean this. like when it initially came out? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I uh, I saw Batman Begins in theaters in IMAX the weekend. It came, not the weekend. The week after it came out on a school trip. I don't understand. <laughs> I I wish I could remember whose class it was. We took the how, kids to see the Murder Clown Man. 
Yeah, right. Not even because it's the Scarecrow movie. Right. But um, <laughs> all of it went over my head when I watched really? it as a kid. I didn't right over my head. I don't yeah. think I didn't hate it. I did not. I didn't <laughs> like it. I was a probably what was it, six. What, what year is this? 2005. 2005? From like seventh grade or something? No, yeah. bullshit. Eighth. Whatever it was, it went right over my head. I missed out on all the. Were you even until... familiar with TAS when you saw Begins? Yeah. Batman the Animated Series was like okay. in my blood. Like superhero cartoons. You came, you came into some things late. Blood. I don't know what you came in late to. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I came late into comics. Like, okay. Like the lore of comics, but the but the act the cartoons, I watched them as they aired. I remember right. watching Batman and and uh knowing Superman was coming. <laughs> like that early. Okay. Um, but uh yeah, I didn't get it until I was an adult and I came back and watched the whole trilogy all together. And I was like, ah, okay. John said that's not scarecrow. <laughs> what about you, GT? You remember your experience with this film? Um, I remember watching it in theaters and just kind of going, Oh, that was a solid Batman movie. Yeah. I'm down with this. I I, think- I, I remember thinking the title was weird. I thought I think that's I think all of it. I thought the aesthetic was kind of at the time, um, kind of drab. Mm-hmm. The poster, all of it, it's desaturated for a reason. Um, yeah. It's 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 the uh, antithesis of what Batman and Robin was. Yeah, and Batman and oh, Robin. Oh no, it's boiling acid. Yeah, Batman and Robin ends up being a film where um, it starts really. Like I, I, as a kid, obviously, because the colors and the fight scenes and stuff like that, I dug it. But the longer it went on and the older that I got, I, I realized how damaging that was as a Batman film. Uh-huh. And then we had this and this felt like a huge overcorrection um, that I wasn't interested in at the time because I was like, the only reason why you're doing this is because the other one was so bad, you know? Right. So I, 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 didn't, I didn't feel like I needed a super serious take on it. And when I and I and like we were just all just saying we were pretty young, just yeah. stuff that they're talking about like oh majority shares microwave emitters things like that I didn't fucking understand half of those concepts or any of that stuff you know from before. Um, and I think that Raz Al Ghul Raish is one of the more um, cerebral uh, comic book characters. What he represents, I think, is a bit more you know. Um, I wouldn't say mental. I feel like I'm saying he's crazy, but you know, the battle of wits. sophisticated. Yeah. Sophisticated. The battle of wits. It's not really like the kid's not picking up the Ra's al Ghul action figure. You understand? No. It's just not like in comparison to the rest of them. So I got Batman and Liam Neeson. <laughs> yeah, I like but, seeing Liam Neeson be a bad guy. You know, yeah. see that very much. <laughs> oh no. Tremendous. Do you not? Not really. Hmm. No. Um, it's funny that now him and uh, Ewan have played DC comic villains because they're mm. both, you know, they were yeah. they did Star Wars together and now they're Black Mask and Henry Descartes. I liked how he even went, even after the turn, after you find out he's Rachel Ghoul or Raz, they said it both plays in this movie, right? They did also, like you know, what they did in this movie. Um, I, I, oh, okay. No, real quick, you know what else also they did in this movie? What? Freaking Rachel Carlson Falcone. Yes. Ah, that's probably why that's embedded yes. in my head. So I like, heard it out loud. 
So wow. now I'm like, is it Falcone or Falcone? I've heard it both now at this point, and I'm very confused. No, my see, my favorite is, is the way you get the um the old woman to say it later. What is it? Oh yeah, Raz Al <laughs> Which I guess also like that plays into the fact that no one really knows how to pronounce it, and they keep changing. Yeah. Like just have her out there confused like, about it. That's exactly I it. Just, I guess I could just imagine that being just the inner lining joke. It's like, like how do you say it? Fuck it. We're gonna say it all the way. Then we just, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the yeah. point. No one gets it. Um so you know, like I said, this film at this point is 17 years old. Um, it's been 17 years since it's come out. Uh you guys have done a rewatch recently to prepare for this. What do you think? Does it stand up? Does it is it stronger than you remember? Weaker than you remember? I'll let Greg go first. I have some stuff I want to say. It's <laughs> okay, not, okay. It's not. That's not that's not an omen. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I for me it was a movie that definitely got um, stronger upon rewatches, and I think it just gets stronger as you sort of mature as a person and understand that Batman is doing real sciencey things. Right. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna screw up all of Gotham by dispersing a chemical agent through the air, and it's like we're doing what? Yeah, it's really hard to, as a kid, to kind of visualize what that plot is at the third act. It's just like a bunch yeah. of smoke and water, <laughs> very confusing, and a, and a very poorly paced train. Yes, yes, not real um, time at all. But I, I just, I, I do find myself liking all of the character stuff. It's one of the few movies where I can say. I really like the opening um, first act with the training montages and and Bruce talking about learning about criminality and 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 the 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 budding differences between um, Ducard's philosophy and Bruce's when he's trying to teach him everything about being a you know a member of the League of Shadows. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, Ducard is is definitely all about swift vengeance, and ba- and and Bruce has a very different take on the entire thing. He's not trying to be, uh, you know, a a giant, uh, have a giant murder boner about everything. <laughs> right. And I wonder how much of that it was colored in by his uh, confrontation with Rachel when he uh, came back. Yes. You know. What about you, John? I thought again. I, uh, I agree with all the things Greg said. <laughs> I thought it was uh, all right. That's one. I thought it was. I, I thought it He's was trying to butter me up before he I thought, dick. thought the story was great. Again, mm-hmm. the, all the character stuff was awesome. You know what? I really hate, and maybe I'm spoiled. And He's gonna spoiled say it's Katie Holmes today. It's Katie. What? No, Katie Holmes. <laughs> Katie Holmes is one of my favorite parts. I didn't. I don't remember her being. So brawless all the time. Oh, yeah. I didn't even notice that. I noticed. Uh, the this is what happens when you I, release 4K. <laughs> I was trying not to bring that up, and Greg just opened the door for me. I, I didn't had to walk it. right through it. I didn't know it was there to be brought up. That's not the um, trap door. That's what it is. <laughs> that's not what I meant to talk about, though. No, I oh, I had a little problem Jesus. though, and that's the fuck the freaking action scenes. I was like, oh, okay, these suck. Yeah. There's yeah. just it's the shaky cam thing, but it's to the point where all any semblance of action is is gone. Like I don't know what's right. happening. It's like yeah. the camera shaking. You see fifteen people in this shot, and then. 
they're laying down and you get like a punch, one punch thrown in between all the uh sh- the stuff you can't see. It was like, yeah. oh man. And it's the sign of the times, you know, it's just a little dated. <laughs> but that was it. That was that was totally a uh, choice by Nolan. I was reading something about like he thought it conveyed the the quick nature of Batman. It's also a cut around. It's a cut around because yeah, you don't know uh, how to do it, and that's fine to say. Not maybe yeah. not know how to do it. He's a very competent filmmaker, but maybe he wasn't the most confident in conveying action, and thus, um, or or maybe he did fancy himself an auteur, and he's like, well, my action is not going to look the same as. Action I didn't, does, you know. I didn't like, know. I didn't know he came up with an excuse. Yeah, he, he <laughs> called it Flash. That's what I'm saying. He, he's he totally came out and 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 said something. One of the things I took away from a rewatch in this is this is, um, the film is incredibly efficient. Mm. The, the the it takes advantage of all of its runtime. It's a very dense film for just being a little bit over two hours. Um, I, I was taking my notes and there's a humongous chunk that happens just the first half an hour, 45 minutes, majority of the origin story stuff. It felt like two at, at some points. It felt like two different movies, uh, totally. not like a bad thing, but it felt like two different episodes of Batman. <laughs> yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. yeah, totally. And I, I think this film has almost no wasted dialogue. Like all of it is just jam packed with sincerity and depth and lore and i'm just yeah. hearing some of these these quotes as i'm watching this film and i'm just like this is just a good well-written movie and I, dolan you know he's good at that it's not like it's a surprise i don't but mean I, to it jump good. ahead but now that you say that like every line is filled with lore and everything i didn't remember or maybe i didn't pick up on it until now that rachel Gould had attacked gotham before or oh, yeah, like yeah. He with the economy it by making it poor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course, you tried economics. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know if it's the Irish, but like it's, 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 it's Liam Neeson trying his best to enunciate every single word he says with that accent that just makes every line come off very um upscale. Yes. Yep. Yep. He's good with that. He's good with that. Uh, with that accent. I this this had to have been a gamble considering like I said again what they did with Batman and Robin and it it was said early on that Nolan wanted this to be a trilogy um David S Goya was brought in by Nolan cuz he wanted someone with a comic background to help write the story and then uh Goya said that things like Long Halloween Dark Victory were huge a huge influence on his screenplay I um, I heard he said no first he was like, oh, he didn't want to do it. He was like, I'm busy. He was doing I have Blade. To direct something. Yeah, yeah, he was doing Blade. <laughs> yeah, and then he, he said he gave the story to Nolan for free. At wow. First. He just gave it to him. Like he talked to him on the phone for an hour, and he just gave him what he says what eventually became the movie too. So he just gave him that. But then they ended up getting him back anyway somehow. That's hilarious. It's like, hey, yeah. I got paid for it anyway. Yeah, there was something <laughs> about him like starting it or doing majority of it and then having to do the blade stuff and no one coming in and finishing it up and then you know getting it off to the races um i obviously have a little bit of a beef with mr goyer for saying that ma the terms ma and pa can't are archaic but you know to each, <laughs> <laughs> to, to each their own to each Hello, their own ma, pa. 
um, <laughs> he when asked the question, um, what about year one? Uh, David S. Goyer said, our story is not year one. Um, an early draft of Goyer's script also leaked onto the internet in April of 2004. I wonder if that's anywhere to be found. And I wonder how what's the big major differences. That's funny um, that he ends up saying that. Because in the feature of the movie, he's talking about how, oh, man, uh, Gary Oldman's Jim Gordon is like directly out of year one when I see him. And I'm just like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That doesn't really people flip flop in these interviews. Totally. Um, some diehard Batman fans, uh, comic fans, it it says speculated that this movie was going to be a prequel to Batman '89 for some reason. Hmm. <laughs> that's funny. That's exactly what people speculated about the Batman from today. Like it's going to yeah. be people to have like yeah, which is yeah. even darker. <laughs> and and then they got a reboot. So I don't know how excited they were about that. Um, one of the fun things I'm going to be doing as we uh, go through the plot of this is I'm going to be telling you guys other actors considered for certain roles, see if we can kind of fit them in there and if it would have worked or not. But um, I wanted you guys to know that M. Night Shyamalan was at one point considered oh. to write and direct this. Oof. Oh, um, <laughs> something. he turned it down. Um, they must have saw Unbreakable and was like, you know, I think he could do something with this. The twist is that the man is a bat. <laughs> That's, That's what it disgusting. is. That's disgusting. Um, disgusting. <laughs> um, Lana and Lily Wachowski were also approached to direct and even wrote their own treatment based on Frank Miller's graphic novel, Batman Year One. Oh, God. To- all of that is so ridiculous. I have to it, read it. Isn't I it? honestly would. I, that I was a little interested in. I perked my ears a bit. <laughs> <laughs> they, they turned down that offer and made the final... Uh, the, they shot the two Matrix sequels. And Damn it! Now we now I really hate that they didn't take <laughs> that. <laughs> they gave us something worse. Jeez. <laughs> um, and then uh, Nolan brought Hans Zimmer in, and Zimmer asked if he could bring in James Newton Howard, uh, because they wanted to work t- together and hadn't worked together. And um, yeah, they worked together and they did the score for this. He was right to do so. They killed it. They freaking yeah. killed it. Uh, it's it's so good. Um, the last thing I want to say be- before uh, we get into the plot is I am unapologetically in the bag for this trilogy. Like <laughs> once it started again, I felt like home. All of all the were all the characters, the music, but yeah. but also, you know, I've been doing this comic book stuff for about six years now and even before then reading a lot of batman comics and almost all the time listening to the dark knight trilogy score <laughs> so i have a pavlovian response to this music right. when it when it starts when it swells when it does all that kind of stuff so to uh, hear it it's the perfect i feel like it's the perfect under uh it sets the undertone for the entire film that's score. see truthfully the nolan trilogy and especially this one in, in dark knight is what got me into film scores yeah I can see that. This is exactly what got me into it. Like, I still, um, I think I, I, I was sort of live texting it in the chat, but like, I, I, I strictly remember the, um, the moment, like, I rewatched it and they did the chase scene with the tumbler, and I was just like, oh, wait, this is the theme. Like, this yeah. is it. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and then it just swells right up at that ending where, they, where he finally just jumps into the Batcave, and I was just like, what's this song called? 
Right. <laughs> and and it's not it's it's not like a what I would say is like a hummable melody. No. <laughs> it's not it, it's not like a jingle that they've created for this character. No, it takes some work. <laughs> it's 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 a weird atmospheric motif that they created mm-hmm. and it colors everything in this movie. I like that they really established the Batman's theme as the movie goes on because at yeah. the end they play with it a little bit and they leave you like waiting yeah. for like an extra 30 seconds for the for the thing to drop. I was like, oh, yeah. that's cool as hell. He, he plays with this thing that um you, you almost recognize at, like for years because then every movie starts to do it and every trailer starts to do it with the sort of background just like burn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rum. And some you of just those, wait for it to hit. Like, no, wait, wait. Some for of it. those drums too, like, and, and you'll never have to. And then doom, 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 doom. I'm like, oh my god, this is great. What Zimmer and drums? No. Well, that's another thing. Um, I was super into pirates. Okay. But while this wasn't the film that got me into film scores, Pirates was the film that got me into Zimmer. So mm. once I found out he was doing this, and I, I was a fan of all that kind of stuff. Bro, that's one of the most best squash buckling music. Funny note, because I've never actually watched any of the Pirates movies. I only know that theme because, and I think John can co-sign this for whatever dumbass reason yuji nagata used to play that song before his actual theme song came on i was gonna say it sounds familiar to me too because but i've never seen those movies and i never that's why you know the song because nagata came out to it thank you if uh if i can find the clip i'll send it right to you i the first one absolute masterpiece disney magic second one pretty good third one off the tracks Fourth one, wonky. Didn't watch the fifth one because I don't want to be disappointed. But, <laughs> Is that many already? I thought there were five. Only three. There's five. Oh, no, yeah, there's, there's five. There's dude. a trilogy. There's an original trilogy. There's a fourth redheaded stepchild that they try to do without Matt, Natalie Portman and um, uh, Orlando Portman Bloom. was in those? Not Natalie Portman, the other one. We just did this. Nightly? We just did this in the chat. Nightly? Yeah, yeah. We just did this in the <laughs> chat that, that they're, yeah. Um, Interchangeable. Nightly and Bloom. They tried well, to now one is them. now one is small as fuck, so you can tell the difference. Yeah. And uh yeah, and it, it didn't work that well. And then I didn't see five. And now supposedly I was gonna say, are you in the bag with the new one though? No. No, but I, I don't I think we should just leave it. I think we should just leave it where it's at. But then again, I felt the it's same Margot way about Robbie Batman. Dog. It's Margot Robbie dog. Yeah, she's kind of cute. Bring back You thought they should leave Batman where it was at, like forever? No, for literally like forever. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, but it was. It felt to me like this was a shorter gap between this and um, Robin, Batman and Robin, than there was between Superman uh, Four and um, Returns. Okay, I think, got, I think they got trapped into it because they already put money into developing it, and then Affleck was like, "I'm done, fuck y'all." Yeah, well, this whole this whole decade, they're really trying to put their money into like the Green Lantern and start their DC universe. George Miller was gonna do Justice League, you know. They they were trying to set up something. They were gonna <laughs> they and suck so bad, damn it! And man. they own all their characters. So <laughs> they, bad. Own, they own all their characters, and they're like biting their fingers. The new guy seems to at least run a tight ship. 
he's about to be the Nick Khan of the fucking DC universe. Oh dear. We'll know when Harley Quinn walks out when she's replaced by Sydney Sweeney. We all know when Margo when Margo oh, puts the titles oh, no. on the table and walks oh, no. out. I'm not doing this. I ain't ready. I'm not respecting me. Um. I spin off. Uh, all right. So let's get into the the greatness that is Batman. Sidebar is ahead, is Mikey still technically in charge in some way of of Marvel Comics? Mikey uh, of yes. the comics of. Of, yeah, he is of everything. Oh, wow. They gave him Marvel. <laughs> Here, Mikey, you're you are Marvel now. <laughs> you are Marvel Papa. You are. I just <laughs> I wonder how it works because I've never given I had any insight into how it works now. Like how what's because I, I remember like? when that first happened, you were you were immediately worried about complete synergy. Yeah, like, uh-oh, these are just MCU comics now. And that's <laughs> disgusting. You, um, and now you got me thinking, if the MCU continues to be a juggernaut, we're doing this for 50 years, in 20, I want to start seeing old Kevin Feige cameos. You understand? Like, <laughs> he's about to be the next, the next, he's you know. driving the bus. Yeah, man, he's going <laughs> to be the next guy, man. He's always got like, the cap on. Yeah, we we are synonymous. We are going to make Marvel synonymous with Stan Lee, our generation. But the generation after us is going to remember Kevin Feige being the person running running the next phase of all this stuff. So, like I said, put that, old that, man Feige that is this. if we just don't, you know, keep just running the next eight, de- three decades of um, digital Stan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh boy, That's I, creepy please, as hell. I don't want them to do that. It's awkward as shit, creepy. isn't it? But you know what? I prefer that the CGI Stanley in the movies to CGI Stanley in the theme parks. Like, it's oh really, my god, is that a really, thing? Yes, they signed a deal not just for the movies. For oh the no! Parks. Oh god! And I'm just like, wow, that's. It would be funny though if the only it's template be- they have is that Tupac from Coachella, and so it's just Stanley doing the rap because that's the only thing they can afford. I kept thinking, I keep thinking of like augmented reality Stanley, like um Cisco Ramon in the Flash. Oh yeah, well he keeps getting stuck. <laughs> Science. <laughs> so Excelsior. You're already talking about better times <laughs> in the flash. Yeah, well, but, well, well. yeah. Uh so Batman Begins is a 2005 superhero film directed by Christopher Nolan and written by Nolan and David S. Goyer. God, we're so old. I know, right? Based on the DC <laughs> Comics character Batman, it stars Christian Bale as Bruce Wayne, slash Batman with Michael Caine, Liam Neeson, Katie Holmes, Gary Oldman. Cillian Murphy or Killian Murphy? You know, I I I've never known. Is it the <laughs> is it the race rise of it of, yeah. of it all? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tom Wilkinson, Rucker Howard, Ken Wa- Rucker Howard's good in this. Ken Watanabe, yes, yes. Morgan Freeman, uh, uh, they're in supporting roles. The film reboots the Batman film series, telling the origin story of Bruce Wayne from the death of his parents to his journey to become the Batman and his fight to stop Ra's al Ghul and Scarecrow from plunging Gotham into chaos. You left out my favorite, which is perennial career, random character actor, Tom Wilkinson, who is in every oh, yeah. fourth movie you've ever seen. Yeah, it totally is. <laughs> I also, um, there was something that we were just having a chat um, off air and I, connected a dot i have to just check for it but if it's true then i'm like man what the hell but um 
let's let's get on with this. Our film starts with a flashback of young Bruce Wayne and a young Rachel Dawes playing in Bruce's backyard. They chase each other over an arrowhead before Bruce uh, falls through a well and is swarmed by bats as he screams in terror. Suddenly, the real Bruce wakes up, dirty and unshaven, in a Bhutan prison. He gets into a fight with several in the Chow line, which he wins with tremendous skill before he is restrained by the guards and put in solitary confinement. There, he beats a man named Henry Ducard, Liam Neeson, who addresses Bruce as Mr. Wayne, showing he knows uh, more than he lets on. He explains he speaks for a man named Rachel Ghoul, who is willing to offer Bruce the path where he could serve true justice under his League of Shadows. When Bruce seems unconvinced, thinking the League is simply a bunch of unchecked vigilantes, but Ducard tells him vigilantes can be destroyed. He offers him an ability to make himself more than just a man, but a legend. He promises he'll be released tomorrow and challenges him to pick a rare flower and bring it atop a mountain if he wishes to see what Roz can offer. What do you guys think of this opener and this introduction of Bruce and Roz? Rish, Roz? Raz. Raz. I think now knowing that they brought, like Nolan brought David Goyer in specifically because of his uh, comic book fandom, I think he punched it up. He was writing the dialogue. Like, I noticed that right as the movie started. I was like, oh, wow. I didn't remember it being this way, especially for like a Nolan film, having seen other Nolan films. I'm sure yeah. Nolan was like, yeah, that's exactly what I want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so off air, um, GT had mentioned the idea of these. And we'll get into it as when the film, you know, uh, gets there. But these faux Al Ghouls, like these... You know, but the funny thing about it is Raz al Ghul has kind of always been depicted as Middle Eastern, even though he's basically immortal. So maybe he's from a little bit of everywhere. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but in this, uh, his faux al Ghuls are Asian. And yeah. I was going to make a joke about um, the Asian, the fake um, foreign face when it's seemingly just a white menace, which makes me think of what movie? It makes me think of Iron Man 3, right? Yes. Well, the thing I had connected is one of the people considered for the role of Henry Ducard was Guy Pierce. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. So I he wonder, got it anyway. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if he was like, wait a minute, I like this. I'm going to go <laughs> bring this idea to somebody he else. Was like, like, I, am like, the I don't know. Something feels uh, really right about these roles here. <laughs> in, an, in, in an interesting, like, sort of flip of that same thing, what you get in Doctor Strange is the is the fake Asian um and uh the fake Asian ancient master yeah. in flip that gets flipped into the white mystic. Yeah, because he was having a whole conversation with the fake <laughs> ancient one that was just yep. sitting there. Doing nothing because, of course, you know uh, Stephen Strange is going to assume that the, the, the Asian guy sitting down over there is the, like, oh yes, yes. That's, I, uh, I think they, I think they, made, I think they made us all feel racist in that moment. <laughs> like they wanted, they wanted. What do you guys? We think all about, fell for it. What do you guys think about Guy Pierce? Could anyone else play this role? But uh, I don't know uh, that I, Liam? I don't know that I would have wanted wanted to miss out on this. Liam Neeson. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm too connected to Liam Neeson at this point. What do you, um, other names considered? Vigo Mortensen and Daniel Day Lewis. Wow. 
Um, I'm scared to know what Daniel Day Lewis would have done to that set. I'm an actor. <laughs> I am an actor. <laughs> um, this this uh, this little random production note I found very interesting because of what happened with later castings. Mm-hmm. It apparently says that uh, Amy Adams served as the casting reader for the casting of the Bruce Wayne character. Really? Wow. That's pretty interesting. As man. a favorite to the casting director, I was just like, that's funny. That is. They got you early. They um they say that uh, before they actually ended up casting Batman, there were eight actors that were asked to audition for the part. So they didn't even do like an open audition. There were eight actors that they were trying to see whether or not they wanted. Uh Christian Bale, Joshua Jackson. Um, Eon Bailey, which, which by Joshua the way, Jackson's from isn't that from Dawson's from Creek? Dawson's Creek, which also had uh, Katie Holmes, which he dated, which yes. is just weird. Yeah, so that would that have fucked up the entire movie for me. No, well, that would have been the casting, um, like Kristen Stewart as Catwoman in the Batman. Like that would have been that level of <laughs> yes, that yes. level of callback. Yeah, you know, yikes. Um, can you can you imagine how many people would have quit that movie on that? I'm telling you, <laughs> not Hugh, this again. Hugh Dancy, are you familiar yeah. with that man? I am not. I don't know. I'm looking is. at him now. <laughs> he was in Black Hawk Down, some Law and Order and stuff. He seems to be a British which, actor, though. What's Law and Order? I know SVU. Uh, Law and Order. The Oh no, he's gonna be the. He's currently playing in the. He's playing uh, a character in the, in the revival, the revival the original yeah. show. Uh, yeah, okay. Hugh Dancy. He um, was also in Hannibal. Yes, Ew. Billy Crudup as Bruce Wayne. Um, Cillian or Killian Murphy. Uh, Henry Cavill. Jake Gyllenhaal. Hey. And at one point, David Duchovny was considered to play, uh, you know, because um, he was originally going to, he was one of the people considered to play Batman in Batman and Robin in 1997. So he was still on the list mm-hmm. in case, uh, you know. Henry Cavill is, is great, right? He's a great actor or whatever. I enjoy him very much. But I feel like he's proof that if you can just, if you're able to just mold your body, <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah like, man! Talk about willpower. Like headshots, and you're looking at like you're looking at pictures of people, and you get Henry freaking Cavill on your desk, and he's got the chin, and he's got the huge freaking muscles, and you're like, I don't know I if just, he can act, but can we call this guy anyway? I just, I just yeah. need to make a point that like, if you've seen some of these freakish things, where like. There are people who work their entire lives and get multiple surgeries to look like Superman, and that dude just walked in the room. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> and, Hi, and, you can know, you do something about that accent? Because I'm already sold. Um, you know, Murphy, like I said, you know, he went and tried to audition for Batman, and he didn't get Batman, but no one liked him so much he gave him Scarecrow. That's so great. part of me, again, if we're connecting dots here, as Goya wrote for uh, Man of Steel. Uh, and so um, Nolan was an executive producer for the film. Very hands-on. Um, 
like it was basically his first yes yeah, so like he he Nolan keeps a black book is what i'm trying to say you know yeah. like, he's like, you know, like, like okay. this guy but that much is oh, that, that much is back. obvious if you take a quick second and you look at his <laughs> list of films yeah. you start noticing like multiple actors have appeared multiple times and you're just like ah he's yeah. got favorites <laughs> there's a world in which they're like, who do you want to play Batman? And he's like, Leo D. And is they're it, like shaking their heads. No. <laughs> like, um, Tom. Huh? No. Okay, I'll put him in something else. Well, we've is definitely it, learned two things. That if Christopher Nolan calls, uh, Michael Caine says yes, and so does Morgan Freeman. Yes. I think Murphy, too. Murphy, is, <laughs> isn't he the star of Oppenheimer? Yes, he is. Yeah. I believe yeah, it's Oppenheimer. Yeah. No, I, Nolan's got the book. <laughs> I also I also believe that this is um this film was um uh, Michael Caine's first with Nolan and then they would go on to do like yeah. 10 10 after this and, like Michael Caine just has like the 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 greatest admiration for Christopher Nolan and basically I think he says like he changed his career or something like that like he's at yeah. the rap party and he just grabs Michael by the shoulders and he looks him in the eye and he's like listen listen being you i love you forever (laughs) i am actually in love with you (laughs) (laughs) you and me forever i want you to move in the mic flat that's fine but uh, put on your own bloody suntan lotion (laughs) 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 that's what he says for that um they (laughs) so they made the actors audition in the batman forever suit that they still had from 1995 but they didn't have the cape because they lost it Ah, so so, so, just a really sounds like a great test like can you make this work just a dense rubber outfit (laughs) just you know like and try to act through this lost somebody has it in their closet right now (laughs) there was Um, a chris o'donnell um, claims he still has the robin suit i believe it because you can't sell it <laughs> and he claims he still fits in it. Oh no. <laughs> so much baby powder. Oh. So much baby powder. Out of control. Um, but do you guys want to know who the studio wanted for this film? Was it David Boreanis? No, that would have been great though. <laughs> he he does like a good uh old man, stocky Batman. But the studios wanted the too hot to trot actor at the time, Ashton Kutcher <laughs> for, oh. for Bruce Wayne's Batman. Oh my I, god! How is it? How is it that in all of history, <laughs> I don't see this every so in every story about every movie that you've ever heard being made, <laughs> the studio is somehow entirely off the every time. Oh, the every way, time. man! How are these people in in because how do they because get jobs? The, because the studios are not filled with artists, they are filled with bean counters and chart watchers. How about Ashton Kutcher? How, huh? This um, this this does though open an uh, interesting conversation because I believe that the, the that thought process only happens when you believe that you need the actor to sell Batman. Mm-hmm. So, do you guys think we're still there, or do you think that Batman? on a poster itself sells more than so-and-so is Batman. 
No, Batman at this point today. I mean, you can see it in the way they market every other thing DC. Like, can we get Batman? Gotham Knights. Can we just have the. <laughs> Like it's, it's, we don't even just sell Batman now, but we just, yeah, we we sell Batman adjacent. Yeah, we sell Batman's presence. Yeah. <laughs> Batman used to live here. Do you do you kids like Batman? Well, these people know him, and they'll reference him on occasion. <laughs> do you guys like Batman? Well, he's a kid in this show. Come follow, come. See a see vague references of everything that you know <laughs> this season on Gotham. <laughs> no, I totally get it. Uh, but yeah, they ended up landing on Mr. Bale, which I like. The suit in this, I feel, is it's not all there. Something is making his cheeks all poofy. The way that his the cow grabs his face. Yeah, you think so? Really? I always yeah. hate the cow. I yeah. hate the cow the whole way through. Really, the, the whole of the oh, the, the whole trilogy, the whole trilogy. I hate it. I don't know what it is. I just have a you hate the begins cow. I mean, I hate he hates the whole cow. He hates the whole cow. Yeah, it no, does, I just curious. It does that... do like a like a, it comes around the face and kind of makes him pucker his. I think maybe that's what it is. I think maybe it's because it comes around the face. Yeah, but okay, yeah, that's because it because it, it does the rounded thing. I don't think I like that at all. I don't like it when it's the chin strap either. I'm not a fan. Because I thought it was very amusing when they did that in um Injustice, which is <laughs> yeah. even tighter around his mouth. You know, you already know I hate the Injustice suits. We, we we've been here. <laughs> but I guess I guess we were supposed. John to... will change the Injustice suits every time. Well, that that has the chin strap, right? The Injustice, like it, oh it, oh, it it's almost, it's it's even more like. Um, like everybody has one almost. That's how it feels to me. Like, yeah, that's a lot of help. That's a lot of helmeting and in, in injustice. I also remember for some reason not gelling with the whole like satin cape matte suit really thing. <laughs> it just felt weird to me. Obviously, none of this stuff breaks the film, but yeah. I, I like the next one. The next one feels a bit more streamlined. The suit. Uh, I like the I like the I like the rest of the suit though. The first shot that you get when he's crouching on the uh, steps of yeah. the train station in front of uh, Rachel, I love that. Mm. Bro, it makes his neck look so. Rachel brolic. didn't love it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, ah. It makes I his mean, neck seem so brolic. And the thing is, some of these scenes in this, I, I laugh with love, and I say to myself. I, I love that Nolan loves Batman because if not, this is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> if not, just this grown man hunched over as a bat going, no, there's two of us, you know, kind of stuff. It's yeah, crazy. Apparently, but, apparently that was Christian yeah. Bale. All that crouching. He was like, he was very <laughs> insistent that you have to crouch as Batman. <laughs> okay, Christian. Get this guy a step tool or something. Batman is always in action stance. You, sh- you should have seen the first draft where Batman was upside down for half of the, <laughs> half of the film. <laughs> I want it to be natural. <laughs> oh, so, Jesus. Um, so, like, have we, have we fallen on this on this sword now? Does Batman have to be British? I don't know. Oh, so, um, they, there was something about, I read something about him not wanting to cast an Irish actor. That's one of the reasons why he didn't cast Murphy. <laughs> he didn't want to cast an Irish actor as Batman for some reason. I don't, I don't know. That's what, awkward. That's right. a little that's um, very, it's so specific. Did we dig specific. into that one at all? 
Yeah, because he should. Because Bale is not um, British. He's Welsh. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what the Irish thing was about at all. I feel all. like those things may be easily confused. Though. Oh, totally. Um, but due to his part in The Machinist the year before, Bale was actually about 120 pounds when when he was considered for the role of this. Um, and he was six foot tall, 120 pounds. So after being cast, he was told to become as big as he could be. So he went on a six month diet and exercise regime and ended up weighing 220 pounds. Uh, so 40 pounds over his actual weight. Um, he was so big that a lot of his friends and the movie crew called him fat man. And <laughs> then he had to shed 20 so pounds mean. of that so that he could have a more muscular frame. So he <laughs> basically doubled his weight and then shaved that down. Like, sorry, guys. To I'm be weird. what he is in this. Um, <laughs> he said it was miserable. <laughs> he said it was an, an incredibly unbearable physical ordeal is what he called it. <laughs> All for Batman, man. Like I said, like, I just, I wa- I'm watching this movie at, and at various points, I'm like, I'm so glad everyone is just down to do this because it takes a lot of serious people to get this off the ground and you have to play it fucking seriously and yeah. not everything in it is it's, serious. It's so crazy now looking back and watching the feature it's how Christian Bale is talking about how one of the selling points and one of the reasons why he took the part is because there's this idea that we can take these comic book characters and do them in a more realistic way and i'm just yeah, like yeah. wow look at y'all hashtag you knew grounded what yeah. you were about to start yeah like what you just did <laughs> i guess that's another conversation to have it's like this did color a lot of directors mind states when it came to how to carry some of these films oh yeah um, and and in which direction it should go for good and for bad you know there's been a lot of uh people seemingly trying to do things in the same vein of of the gritty and realistic and grounded but again some of the stuff is just this is like like i love how they try to make this a bit more they 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 added lore in this um it's also kind of cool that unfortunately we just lost neil adams mm. neil adams is instrumental in the creation of raza Ghul, co-created him um that co-creation one could argue was the nolan trilogy of its day in comics where it taking batman from the 66 tv show and redefining him into a more serious grounded gritty character 100 percent. who fucks he fucks yeah. in the desert he has to, he has to. <laughs> He's a grown man, and he, we never see him have sex. And the, and I'm sure you know what there was a lot of stuff back then about how oh man he's a gay man because he's only in his house with a little boy and he yeah. must be a pedophile. You almost had to have him fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's just do this so that they can. But then alone. come back around, and now it's come back to Batman doesn't go down. Oh, now he doesn't go down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So well, it just I... keeps changing. It was always the separate beds in the same room thing. I think that yeah. people had a lot of issues with. They didn't understand why he felt they needed to put two beds in the same room. But hey, those that's, those are the days uh, like uh, Willy Wonka, where your grandparents all sleep in the same bed, <laughs> all or four of them. So yeah, weird times. Um, after traversing the rough terrain of the Himalayan mountains, Bruce manages to do just that and pluck that flower, even though he almost dies doing so. 
He reaches a monastery and sees a bald man in the throne. He assumes that this is the famed Ra's al Ghul, who tells him if he wishes to manipulate the fears of the wicked in order to deal out justice, he must first master his own. Um, this is funny to me because I like to think they did like impractical jokers. Like they all got together and like, yo, yo, he's coming up the mountain. Okay, listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you be Roz, all right? You just say this like cool, cold shit about fucking justice. And, and we're just gonna, we're gonna see, we're gonna see we can, you know, and then he shows them like, it's good to see you, Mr. Way. They also begin his training by beating his ass while he's not like he's like dehydrated and tired and frostbitten. Henry Descartes just starts whooping his ass. Early on. Jeff does not wait for you to be ready. So quick. Um, this stuff feels like stuff we'll get later on with Sinestro and fucking how. Uh, <laughs> like I said, I feel like there's a lot of inspiration people took from this film. Um, but like essentially that. Um, in another flashback, we see young Bruce, who is helped out of the well by his father Thomas Wayne, um, and comforted by their butler Alfred Pennyworth. He confesses his fears of bats to his father, who inexplicably takes his son to a play starring these demonic winged beasts. <laughs> I was wondering about that, too. I was like, why would he go to that? Like, that what? day. Hey. Like, get dressed. <laughs> We're going to go. What We're going to the bat show. What made them think Bruce, the little boy, though, was interested in the opera? I don't know. Strange. Very, strange yeah. Things rich people do. Yeah. John, these are, these are like, like high level rich people. That's what now, they do. I, well, we're about to lose some listeners, but who who thought that young George would want to pay attention in church? Like they just oh. bring these kids around and sit them down and make them fucking do shit that they don't want to do. And so he's like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm out of here. But again, like they seem surprised that he's scared. But again, he literally just had like a, the most traumatic yes. fucking moment in the world. What do you guys think of this, the, Thomas? I, I was gonna I say, know. I was just gonna say, despite that faux pas, can we talk about how Thomas Wayne is a freaking saint? He's so him. good. I love him. He's even got like a <laughs> heavenly theme song. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah you're like, right. I you're right. It. I, I said it, it while I was watching this that Nolan just has this idea that if a man is going to go to this length to to to, to avenge the death of his daddy, his daddy must be the greatest person yeah. in the world. <laughs> and if you were listening to this saying, "Why am I only saying his daddy and not his parents?" It's because Martha doesn't get a freaking line, so I don't. Oh care. my God, you're right. She says she like we're going to be late or something Martha like that. sits there and <laughs> smiles. Not even a person. I think you miss your mom too, Bruce, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah man, she was aight. But his dad was where his daddy, though. It's no, all I, about daddy way. I do think that he's uh, played very, very well in this. Um, and it does give you that that feeling like... like um when they're riding the train and there's almost like this this like shot of bruce you know the sun coming in it's like the, the most pleasant train ride even though the train is like all graffitied out and shit and the like the two most richest people just sitting there just sitting on the train not re not willing to or ready to deal with showtime when it shows up or the street preachers <laughs> it was or still any clean that kind back of then at least when he yeah. was alive they at least got to the, the clean transit system. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, he makes them take the train. I think he makes them because I think they could have just drove. 
Um, <laughs> and uh, why didn't Alfred drive them? Is that not addressed? Like they I, have I wonder cars. if that's another. I wonder if that's another. Like I failed you. I should have just took you. <laughs> Because then you would have came out and said, get the car, and I would have been there. Doria. I'll never Doria. give up on you, Bruce. Yeah. No. Well, he was He was in the house when uh, they were out, and he was wearing all Thomas's suits and just walking around. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he does when they're gone. <laughs> oh, my God. Come here, Martha. There's part of me that thinks that, like, I just wonder what he did with the mansion the whole time that Bruce is gone for those fucking years, seven years or whatever. Uh, he had a lot of fun. You can have a lot of fun in a mansion. Old maids. <laughs> yeah, old, you know. Uh, <laughs> oh, this place, it's mine. <laughs> I just bought it. <laughs> I just won the lottery. <laughs> Why do you have pictures of, of this weird family? Oh, don't worry about them. This is my so, grandkids that don't visit. That's it. Uh, we learned that Thomas is a doctor. We've seen Wayne Tower in the center of Gotham City. Um, during the play, Bruce is spooked, so his parents take him outside where they are robbed at gunpoint, ultimately killed, leaving Bruce an orphan and all alone with his parents' bodies in that iconic shot, mirroring his comic origins. Where does this sit in the uh, shooting of the Waynes uh, ranking one. system? Yeah. Damn good one. It's even the shot. I think it's my favorite version of the shot of the parents kneeling in front of Bruce. It's a dead in front of Bruce Neely. It's um, definitely dark. In my experience, it I, if I remember correctly, I, I I don't I don't have a great memory of all of them, but it's probably the one with the least focus on the goddamn pearls. Yeah, you definitely still get the them. Pearls get in there for like a second and a half, and then moving on. Not it's enough pearl. We need more pearl. Need it's more less, pearls. <laughs> pearl glamour shots. It's <laughs> less. It's less. Um. Yeah. It's less poetic with the pearls. The yeah. pearls are there. You know, he had to do them. They're not like well. He's not, he doesn't make a point to like romanticize the death. He just makes it this thing that happens out of nowhere. Yeah. Because I guess that's how. Like I guess the point is, you know, that's how the child would experience it. It's just this. It happens so fast. I like the pearls thing because they're all strewn around and they don't matter. But it's like this is what they died for it's it's good. yeah I like yeah it. also in this and i don't know if it, this is in every iteration but thomas takes the shot uh defending martha um i don't know if it, that's in all iterations i think they both just get like one gets shot accidentally and he's like oh shit let me shoot the other one um but in this thomas gets in the way and um takes the shot for martha making him even more um heroic but then he's like dying and he's like full his eyes are <laughs> bugged the fuck out and he's like don't be afraid bruce and i'm like that's the scariest shit that is the scariest fucking image <laughs> like what don't be scared bruce, i've never been more scared don't be afraid i wasn't until now uh-uh. <laughs> until you said that shit um <laughs> so the news of the Wayne's death is big news and GC is brought into the GCPD Bruce is brought into the GCPD precinct and comforted by a young James Gordon right off of the fucking comic page. He walks into this scene and I'm just like I'm instantly happier. Gary Oldman is such a fucking good uh James mm-hmm. Gordon. Um he puts his jacket pinnacle. on him. It's just he, pinnacle. He puts his jacket on him and uh, reminds him that it's going to be okay. Put a pin in that. We'll be revisiting that in a couple of movies. (laughs) That that moment. 
Um, he's left under Alfred's care and the kind old father figure consoles young Bruce who believes it was his fault they got killed. Another really, really good moment. They're, they're really good together. I mean, uh, Michael Caine, like I said, is great. But even playing alongside this child actor, like I, I believe those two. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I, I love fatherly Alfred. I love seeing... Because, uh, I, I mean, cool Alfred, military Alfred is cool, too, I guess. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can patch you up and then go out and hold your guns. And Punchy you know, Alfred? Yeah, he's Punch. cool, too. Like, but uh, I like the old fatherly Alfred who, who, still, who talks down to Bruce when it's necessary. Yeah. 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 And John, John's favorite is, is kind of half in the bag, Jeremy Irons Alfred. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Je- Jeremy Irons was, was pretty <laughs> stippy and snarky. Um, his, his slightly nursing a drinking problem, Jeremy Irons. Yeah. <laughs> it's stressful dealing just with hung, it. Just <laughs> hung <laughs> over. He's just like, <laughs> it's past five, Master Bruce. I'm not serving you anything. And Master Bruce, you're the reason I never wanted children. Yeah, and now we've gotten to the point where we have an Alfred who's too scared to talk too loudly in front of <laughs> in front of Pattinson. <laughs> Mr. Um, Bruce, uh, uh, you cutting your wrist again? (laughs) (laughs) I'll be in to clean up in 20 minutes, Master. Just let me know. Just lower the music when you're done. Um, So as far as Alfred is concerned, Sir Anthony Hopkins was offered the role of Alfred Pennyworth. He would later go on to play Odin. Uh, I could see him landing it. I think, yeah, I totally can. I told you, he looks good. Man, looks good in a suit. Yeah, did that's, say, that's also that. Did he turn it down or did he just not get it? He declined. Yeah. Uh he was like, I'm not doing stupid superhero movies. What is that? And then three years later. Like, hey, what you say you're gonna pay how much? <laughs> I, was, I, was I get to about, do Shakespeare in a magic suit? Yeah. With an eye patch. <laughs> like like slick rick. <laughs> so, so um, I was talking about how perfect Gary Oldman was in this role. Um, mm. Kurt Russell considered for James Gordon. I don't know if that would have worked. Interesting how many of these people ended up getting called back on the next project. Uh, stuff. We're, doing, we're doing Superman. And uh, I remember you. <laughs> uh, Chris Cooper. Um, and Dennis Quaid for James Gordon. <laughs> I don't know if any of that would have worked. I can kind of see Quaid doing it. It wouldn't be as good, but I could see it working. He has a cop face. Yes, he does. <laughs> he has a <laughs> yeah, he has a cop That's face. That's a good way to put it. Um so back with Ducard, they undergo intense ninja-like training. They forge the skills we know Batman to have, endurance, stealth, versatility, patience, theatrics and deception. Throughout this training, we see that Ducard has a hard stance against criminals, believing criminality grows with forgiveness. Through this process, Bruce is broken down and built back up as a worthy mem- member of the League of Shadows. What do you guys think of this training montage? I loved it. I, yeah, same, same. I love the. Uh, I love when he. I love the line when they see the farmer in the cage. Who's yeah. that? Oh, he's a farmer. But uh, ah, fuck! I, I lost the whole quote. It's just that they get, <laughs> he slaps you with his four labels. Like the yeah. sentence is, he he's a farmer, but then he tried to kill his neighbor. Now he's a murderer, or he was. Yeah. I forgot how it was. he got greedy I, and tried to take his neighbor's farm or some shit like that. 
there's a there's an insistence on like the way I don't know if it's is the way it's written or the way that he plays it, but Ducard has this level of like you're so close, Bruce. You know what I'm Like you're so <laughs> close. All you have to do is rationalize this final this you know, final move. Yeah, it's a, it's which cool is that mentor mentor esque thing that he even keeps when he turns on it, which is cool yeah. as hell. I love it. Yeah. Love it. And um he he makes sense, you know, to if for the pragmatic more pragmatic viewers out there this idea that um every time you allow criminality to go unpunished it then thinks it has freedom to go unchecked um there's a there's a belief in that you know that's people really believe that and um he speaks as somebody who's probably seen these cycles over and over and over again and so when somebody bright-eyed it's like no but it could be better people can be good he's like no no it's been hundreds of years of this shit they suck people suck and every yeah. every so often we have to start the clock back up again um i, I but even no... as the, but even in the point that he makes um there and later on is that like it's not even just the farmer or the uh uh, the the killer or whatnot. It's like we've seen whole cities and civilizations descend into that sort of decadence. And like, yeah, and that's like, exactly. It's a, it's a scale that's almost hard to fathom. Right, and that's that's exactly what ends up. Um, you know, he's kind of setting him up for this whole thing about you know going and going to Gotham and. <laughs> destroying it because it's become too decadent mm -hmm. as, as as we'll hear on in a bit i like that uh, I, I think it's kind of hilarious that they're giving him these like bruce is absolutely against what they're trying to do like and they didn't see that coming like did they not only that but his home his hometown or, yeah right? like <laughs> did, at what point did you think bruce was ready for that kind of task like this is yeah. what you this was the right thing to say right now like <laughs> yeah we're gonna destroy your hometown right uh, you'll be that like, you're down for that right <laughs> he's like you can't be serious like <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous oh. no 100 percent. they're like oh gotham you didn't know <laughs> yeah we're gonna destroy gotham he's like, i live in gotham um <laughs> no you live here now yes yes <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm glad we didn't see him like chase a chicken too. I think that's, that, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's good too. Um, in another flashback, we see Bruce return home from, uh, from home, eh, return home for the hearing of Joe Chill, the criminal who killed his parents. We see Bruce bring a gun with him and his old friend, Rachel played by Katie Holmes agrees to take Bruce, uh, at the hearing. Uh, Chill is paroled after testifying against Mafia boss Carmine Falcone. Before Bruce can enact his revenge, Chill is assassinated by one of Far I mean, one of Carmine's men for being a rat. With his vengeance robbed, Bruce confesses that he thought about what he thought about doing to Rachel, who slaps him across the face and uh, accosts him for allowing himself to stoop so low. Mm -hmm. She tells him that his incident of while his incident affected him, Falcone and his hold over Gotham creates a new Joe Chill every day and accuses him of not being able to look past his own pain to see the bigger picture. Mm 
She also tells him his father uh, would have been ashamed before dropping him off in front of the mob boss's <laughs> headquarters. <laughs> Um, so that was so like, why would you do that? Oh, my Falgoni's senses for God's bang. I don't, I don't know why one would do that, but on this watch in particular, I think everything she said needed to be said. Mm. You yeah, know, then he's got a gun. You made him I was emotional. Gonna say, he's yeah. got a gun. You slapped you the man tra- with a gun. You, he dropped him off in front of the fucking mafia. Now what's he gonna walk in there and shoot him? You just got him killed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that is fucking you true. You probably could have said that at your apartment or something. Like it's it's weird because he learns that lesson here very early on, before he even puts on the bat stuff, before he even does any of his training. And one would argue that the lack of this lesson being taught is why we get a bit of a de- delay in the Batman. The Batman learns this lesson at the end of the film. Mm-hmm. This idea that it's not just about your beef. There's beef, you know, there's crime in general. It's not just about your vengeance boner. There are other people suffering, and you can be someone better if you just stop making it about your one personal gripe against, you know. Because the question always remains, like, if his parents were not didn't get killed, would he do this? No. You know, is he altruistic in that nature or only because he was affected by this, um, you know? scenario or situation so i i like that she kind of is like yeah i get it yeah your parents died and that sucks people are fucking getting killed every day out here in these streets like if you want to stop something you need a, it it goes further than just the the gunman there are organizations that are promoting this violence and drugs and all this stuff here and took them to the hood and the narrows ends up getting reused in um arrow which yes. reuses a lot of this stuff in general. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> but I, um, at one point, I, at one point, this is how this is how dense it got. At one point, I'm like, did they call it the Narrows or was the Narrows an Arrow? I was like, I can't remember. I think this is the Narrows, and they say in, it eventually. In later. Arrow, it was the Glades. The yeah. Glades. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but it's the same thing. But I thought it was interesting that the Narrows is like underground. It felt like it was underground. I was like, what the hell? It's the weirdest mm-hmm. ghetto ever. You placed the people under it, it was the morlocks yeah. <laughs> is uh, that is that thing in any origin the, the, the assassination of of joe chill oh um uh, like that bruce gets that moment robbed from him it's not like it, it's not like a thing that's set in stone like i don't think i ever saw that before the movie actually okay i've seen him confront joe joe right no, the right. only the only difference I've ever seen is just it's not Joe Chill. Okay. I hate when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> Dance with the devil, pale moonlight, yada yada. So <laughs> Um, I will say because like there's you're talking about it only being Batman only doing it because it's personal to him. It just reminds me of a great line in one of those Injustice comics where Batman like attempts to accost evil Superman and walks away from him while he's in the prison and Superman just deciding he needs to get the last word says in the end you are just a, a scared child trying to stop two bullets yeah oh, and I was just like oh, oh shit. Yep. damn yep. The, the injustice is infamous for its mic drops people yeah. are constantly insulting they people and walking out of the room to people in those <laughs> they just, just say some shit and just walk out the room 
I'd never want to get into an argument with Tom Taylor. He knows some, he knows some deep psychological <laughs> <Yeah>. shit. <laughs> he goes for the jugular. Goes for the jugular. Um, Bruce goes to talk to Carmine Falcone and learns instantly he has no power or influence as Carmine takes credit for Chill's death and points a gun right at Bruce in front of everyone, mm -hmm. um, saying if he wanted to, he could shoot him dead right there. Mm. Uh, Bruce is shown that there are high-ranking government officials in Falcone's company. As the mobster explains to Bruce, as the Prince of Gotham, he'll never understand the desperation of the common criminal with nothing to lose. Again, on rewatch, this is such an efficient film because it gives you the fuel as to why. Like he literally got told, "You don't know what it's like to be a criminal," and was like, "That's what I'm gonna go do. I'm gonna go fucking be a criminal." Yeah. Um, so I like that they they spelled it out so. You know, um, and he even makes a point plainly. to say that, like, I, 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 I saw criminality differently when I was not a a person stealing from my jollies, but I was a person stealing food because I was hungry. Yeah, but then also he gets like the rush of success when these mm -hmm. things uh, take place and stuff. Um, again, I love. I I don't know what it was. It's the combination of of Rachel and. Falcone in this scene of like your issue is so small bro like in the grand <laughs> scheme of all this so small and it sucks and I think what's, that's what's what he the says line, Yogi in, in the grand calculus of the multiverse, oh, the multiverse yeah um you were this me. you were this yeah, yeah. infinite your two parents are nothing I, I just love that he's like he even says like I'm sorry or like it sucks that your dad died, like whatever. But like, it, it's not, it's not fucking important. He's so and, he's so awful about it. Yeah, he's like, yeah, you now know, you I'm think sorry, because your mommy and your daddy got shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, uh, then they like beat him up in the in the, in the restaurant or whatever. And yeah, he's like, yeah. And he's like, oh yeah. By the way, uh, your dad was a pussy. <laughs> and then he's like, <laughs> bet like yeah. a dog. He begged. <laughs> um, I love Tom Wilkinson. Yeah, like, he just randomly, he just randomly lays that all out there. He's like, "Oh yeah, by the way, your dad was a weakling." Joe Chell told people in prison, "Your dad was a punk." He's so loud about the entire thing. He's like, "You see that? That's a corrupt judge." Bang. The that's same the first judge time from earlier on too. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, the first exactly. time I've seen this. Like, like. This movie was the first person the first thing to introduce me to a corrupt Gotham. None of the other films dealt with that. Mm. Gotham was everyone was good, but the villain. You know, this is the first uh, live action thing that introduced this idea of mass corruption. Yeah. Um, and when you think of the city as actively, constantly working against Batman, it makes the story more interesting. Yes. Whereas the original films, like I said, the Schumachers, the Burtons. He's just a, a, a force for good in a relatively good city that have been on occasion bad things happen in. But also the cops are buffoons. But the cops are buff fucking Gordon in those original four <laughs> fucking movies, bro. It's non-existent. That's that's another thing. Like this colors in why Gordon is such an integral part of the lore for Batman. Um, I, I hope that someone somewhere gives the same level of care to a Robin introduction. Because I do think that these these pieces are integral and these movies inform people about these characters. I didn't know about Stick until the show, until Daredevil right. show. Yep. 
And then I was like, this is an amazing character and colors so much about Matt. It, and, and then I look in the comics. Oh, he's there in the comics. People just never thought he was interesting enough to fucking portray. They, he's in um, Electra. Mm-hmm. He's played by Terrence Stamp in Electra. That's so sad. He's so um, good. That's not fair. But yeah, it just like they, they didn't take it there. So this idea, I love that they're in, they are making such a point about Gordon. I love that they're making such a point about Alfred in this. Um, Henry, we, we're seeing all the people that the foundations of both Bruce Wayne and Batman in this. And I think that's why this works so well. But a man gets beat up um, and he decides to start his pilgrimage around the world to better understand the common criminal in order to defeat them. Just like that, the socialite Bruce Wayne disappeared from the face of the earth as Bruce spent time in criminal circles learning from them. And met the devil. And he met the devil. I am the devil. (laughs) (laughs) Ducard believes Bruce that what that guy got two lines and he's like I'm giving everything to these lines oh totally <laughs> and, and they basically just reframed the you know um the Rorschach you know uh, yeah I'm, I'm locking you up to save to keep them safe you're locked in here with me <laughs> yeah that kind of thing um so Ducard believes Bruce's fear Bruce fears his own ability and makes him inhale the burning blue flower he brought uh, to the monastery. The fumes make him hallucinate, but he's given a task to find Ducard in a horde of other shadow members, and he uses his skills to do so. Raish is impressed, but needs to see Bruce prove his commitment by executing a prisoner. Hmm. Bruce refuses, believing that he is no executioner, and that that distinction separates him from the real criminals. Ducard calls him weak, and Raish explains that Bruce is needed to help lead the League to Gotham so they can destroy it, uh, as it is past saving. He claims the League has done this for centuries, and Ducard agrees and advises Bruce to agree as well. Again, Bruce refuses, and the ensuing conflict burns the monastery down before seemingly killing Raish al Ghul. Ducard almost falls off a cliff, but Bruce helps him and takes off before he reawakens. He heads back home after years abroad and is welcomed back by Alfred. He tells Alfred he's back to show the people of Gotham uh, that it doesn't belong to the criminals or the corrupt. He echoes he can't do much as a man, but as a symbol, he can be everlasting. I do find it interesting that in this, it seems that Alfred never resists. He's like, hell yeah, I, I actually oh. sold you a costume already if you want to use it. It's like, oh, okay, well, this is what we're doing. All right. But, you know, while while he doesn't resist, he's definitely not absent-minded. You know? No. Like, he's definitely not, like, do whatever. You see his, you see his acceptance wane as it continues yes. to get more intense. As he continues to up the ante, more doubt is placed in Alfred's mind as to whether or not he should have agreed to the early shit when he did, (laughs) you know, this is the kid that you can't, you'd never really, um, like got to know, got to understand. And then you find out that he likes, I don't know, Pokemon. So you just buy him everything Pokemon, you know what I'm saying? Like he, he feels like he got a breakthrough with this Batman stuff. Like they have something to talk about. They have something they work with together (laughs) and all this other stuff. But then it gets fucking crazy. And he's like, I don't think you should do this anymore. And by then it's become so big and so much bigger than Bruce that Bruce 
refuses to let it go and he ends up leaving like alfred's alfred has his own arc in this you know as this this uh parental figure being the one that allowed him to run with the scissors you know (laughs) because he's hoping that the motherfucker won't fall but damn man there's a lot of trips in this (laughs) there's a lot of tripping (laughs) there's a lot of fumbling in this and you could tell alfred is terrified by it the first time he sees him with the scars you know He's like, if you're gonna be doing this kind of thing, like he makes a like a joke about it, but that can't be easy. Like mm-hmm. the, this kid you helped raise to see him, this is what he's doing to himself, and this is what he feels like he has to do for himself. Can't be. Um, but do can you guys bring me back? So was it already a well-known fact that Nielsen was playing Al Gore? Or was there a reason to believe that this was the death of Al Ghul when you guys watched the film? Yeah, and I don't. I think at that time I wouldn't have been as uh, savvy to the internet rumors anyway. But I would have been less than John. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so at this point, it's like okay, he's gone. Yeah, yeah. You just yeah. kind of, I, I, you just kind of assume. I think. I mean, like I said, when I watched it the first time, it went over my head. I think I just assumed he was dead, and I, I didn't even the twist didn't even occur to me. <laughs> Like, oh, <laughs> that, that Ducard guy is back. That's I remember. I remember having a different read of the reveal, and almost not understanding that, like, um, the idea that he was Ra's al Ghul the entire time, but more yeah. that you killed Ra's al Ghul, so now I am Ra's al Ghul. Yeah, and the idea that Ra's al Ghul is immortal because it's a title that's constantly passed down. Which must have been like that understanding of the situation must have helped with the arrow stuff because that's how it is in arrow, right? Yeah, the demon's head gets that's passed how I've on. always seen it. Yeah, that's how the, that was how I first read it when that line comes around like, oh, like it, it is or is Vazagul immortal, right? Because it's just a name, right? And, and so he he doesn't make it plain, does he? Like, he doesn't quite. Even in the end, when he's giving his kind of like exposition, uh, you know, as to how this all came about, he's still playing with his words yeah. a lot about, you know, like uh, whether or not he has always been, whether or not it is immortal, all that kind of stuff. And I, I thought that was kind of cool because yeah. is Talia uh, Rachel Ghoul then in The Dark Knight Rises? <laughs> Potentially. Oh, that's true, right? Um. Is she Talia Ducard? Or just cheap parlor tricks to conceal your true identity. Cheap parlor tricks. And you dress this man up as an Asian man. You just walked him into my party just for this. <laughs> like, just for that reveal, bro. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I do find it funny that he casually just says, you're not Mazhagul. I watched him die. And that old woman doesn't even react to that line. <laughs> Like, you did what, sir? <laughs> Just think of that conversation at any party. At any fucking party. It's like, hey, George, uh, I want you to meet my friend Tiffany. Mr. Raz That's Ab- not Tiffany. I saw her die. You did what, sir? What? <laughs> what? You watched or did you partake? Yes. Be a little clear. I need context. Get to this mic. <laughs> absolutely ridiculous i request elaboration i mean this kind of reminds me of all the stuff that gets said in bvs like just people are having conversations at parties like i hope people don't over eavesdrop man because all this stuff sounds very weird 
Um, Rachel Dawes. You just on. imagine listening to um, Bruce Wayne and Wonder Woman just jabber on at the party and just like, security, we need to check these two out. I like your these shoes. cosplayers are bugging you. <laughs> they, they're actively talking about stealing something. I think <laughs> I think we, so one of us should stop them. Gentlemen, gentlemen, I think we have a, I think we got a situation. Uh, so uh, Rachel Dawes debates with Dr. Jonathan Crane, the Arkham Asylum psychologist, <laughs> because she believes he has been working alongside Carmine Falcone to ensure all of Carmine's men go to the asylum instead of jail with his recommendation. Another, like, grounded but understandable plot, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. that's pretty um, cut to the chase. I thought that, I, I think that that works. I think that this, they said they didn't want to do a comic bookie Scarecrow. That was one of okay. the other things that they said. They didn't want him to be, in, like, in the whole Scarecrow suit. I think this works, though. I think this totally works as, like, the sadistic doctor um, toying with his patients in this kind of way. Uh, if you gentlemen are interested, Marilyn Manson. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Marilyn Manson. Christopher Eccleston. Hey. Jeremy Davies. And Ewan McGregor. Considered ah! for the role of wow. Jonathan Crane. Uh. Now, now, the world was not ready. For a Ewan McGregor, Jonathan no, Crane, were. and Liam Neeson, and, and Liam Neeson, Raz Al Ghul working together <laughs> to be Batman, like no, this we're too close. It's just, all of this is too close. That's, that's when, too weird, bro. When did Sith come out? Two thousand five. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn. No, it would have been too close, man. It would have been too close. That's crazy. Oh yeah, he's still in them. So Nielsen was, yeah, like, was he would, available. He was. He would still be Obi Wan to many people. Like it'd yeah. be really weird. Yeah. Um Marilyn that, Manson though. Marilyn Manson. <laughs> I think Manson could have worked, but you I don't I even norm like the most normal the most normal <laughs> Manson still doesn't look normal. So I don't know how they would have gotten him like in a suit right. to do all this stuff. He's, He's probably a bad actor. He's still missing probably. an eye or something, or whatever the fuck. Um he doesn't look great old, by the way. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he did not age he well. No. And it's like it's almost weird that like he got like he's got like the old man fat going on thing, and it just doesn't yeah. work with him. Drugs he aged, are bad. He yeah, aged like are. milk. Yeah, <laughs> it's not great. Um, Sarah Michelle Gellar and Rachel McAdams were considered for the part of Rachel Dawes. Sarah Michelle Gellar as Rachel Dawes. They would have kept her at least through probably. Yeah, <laughs> I actually think. So I had a crush on uh, young Katie Holmes, Dawson's Creek era. That's fair. Katie Holmes. Um, I thought she was, and th- this is why they casted her. She, I thought she was like the girl next door. Real cutesy girl. Um, about aging like milk. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well like, in all honesty, I feel like her. Did Katie Holmes her, not age well? Her. her re- is fucked up. Her recasting, I think, is the, is the life is fucked up. You can't have it all, bro. You can't. Her what recasting, the... um, I think, is the only blemish in this trilogy. That I think hurts. I hate that we don't have her after this movie, <laughs> bro. I think I actually think I feel like that the it, only person who likes Maggie Chillin Hall. 
I don't dislike her, but the disconnect is to sure, me is too is too much. And then for me to for me especially to like to, now, especially to the kid or all. Yeah, it, listen, listen, and this is not just this. Here's another example. I don't buy current MCU Rhodey and Tony. No, no, not I've, at all. I've completely gotten over the whole. Yeah, I can't even remember Terrence Howard. No, yeah. I remember. I remember. Really? The strip, I remember the stripping pole, the stripper pose. I remember the training exercise. That's, that's I remember the next time, baby. Day. They you just had. A, they had a chemistry. You understand that? I feel like predated the film. But like you don't. But in. you don't have that problem with Edward Norton. And in the Hulk. Yeah. I the Hulk is like such a weird, vague character for me. Okay, like okay. he's just all these That's different men. He's just all these weird, different men, and and even his CGI version is a bunch of different <laughs> weird <laughs> men. So, even when it's the same actor, it's a bunch of different men. So weird. He's he looks like a Simpsons character now. That's very yeah. interesting. Yeah, so it's also hard for me to buy the other Rachel. Like Rachel, they kill. They kill well, you know what? They also they when, kill Maggie Gyllenhaal and not Katie Holmes. So I, I think <laughs> that make you feel here's, better about it. Here's the here's the thing. I think you see Katie Holmes kiss Aaron Eckhart, you get more of your heart strings tucked. If Katie Holmes gets blown up by the Joker, you're you're killing me. I think Maggie. I I think I cry in that moment. I think I might have. I think that might have. Yeah, I think that might have. She that pulls out the rock. She pulls out the, the arrow, arrowhead. You know? How did that? <laughs> Maggie doesn't even have the arrow, right? She doesn't even no. pull it out. No, she just has the coin. <laughs> oh, that's fucked up. The, and again, I, I, a great actress, Miss um, uh, Hall, But it just felt. And again, we were just talking. Jake was considered for the fucking. <laughs> It's not even <laughs> close, though. Like, it doesn't feel like, you know, generally when you recast, you at least, I don't know, you, you try to go for something similar. <laughs> like, it doesn't feel like the same Rachel. Would we have lived in a world where they would have cast Jake Gyllenhaal as Batman, cast Katie Holmes Ooh. as thing, and then Ooh. Katie gets out, and Ooh. it's fucking, <laughs> it's fucking Jake and Maggie. Oh. Bat family indeed. Oh, that, you don't find uh, out until they get to the set. Wait, y'all are like really brother and sister? Oh, oh man. Shit. Oh, we wish shit. We went to the wrong universe. Shit. We've yes, signed we all these contracts and everything. Oh, ah, they call this the ultimate universe. Uh, oh, GT. no. no. Oh, <laughs> I don't want to see that Scarlet in Quicksilver. Oh, my God. Yeah, they didn't do that in Multiverse Man. My God. <laughs> They did not do that in Multiverse of Madness. Um, so, yeah, we're doing a crane. We are shown Bruce Wayne keeping tabs on those he uh, remembered being close to. Get it. Because uh, I, I was trying to track down the information on it. Uh, Jenna Hall took over the role from Katie Holmes and portrayed the part in Batman Begins. In August 2005, Holmes was reportedly planning to reprise the role. But she eventually turned it down to Phil. Bad money. Mad money, right? <laughs> Bad money with Diane. Bad money. Queen and Queen Latifah. Latifah. I'll never that. forget that. You deserve that, Katie. I'll Holmes. never forget. And I'll then never forget. No money was made. Sad money is what happened. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, Which remember... grossed at the box office $26.4 million. $26.4. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine turning down the dark night. 
Wow. Which, which, which grossed $1.006 It's doubly fucked because it's like the one thing wrong with the Dark Knight. That's you what I'm left, saying. You fucking idiot. <laughs> for mad money? For mad, for Queen Latifah? I love you, Queen Latifah, but... And Diane Keaton. Ah, and Diane Keaton. She because they used well. at a party. They were drunk. Girl, you should do my movie. No Batman. You, it's Batman. girls. It's girl. It's us I, girl power. I, ridiculous. Oh, my God. It's so ridiculous. Um, That's what hurts me more, that she left for some trash. There's a moment in where Wayne's walking around his mansion, and there's a bat trapped, and he's instantly inspired. Uh, I wonder what would happen if there was, like, a badger or something. But... Um, <laughs> I am the coon. Honey badger don't give the, a shit. Alfred. The coon. Yeah, right? <laughs> we were always criminals, Alfred. So was the honey badger. The honey badger never yeah. forgets. Yes, father. Honey badger. Honey badger doesn't give a shit. Uh, John, John lives in a perpetual, like, alternate future where that, um, or, uh, Gordon's son becomes, like, the villain. It's Amen. the way it works. Amen. It's the way it works. Jimmy Olsen is the little murderer. Jim, you mean Jim Gordon Jr.? Jimmy Olsen is a, I mean, is a Jimmy Olsen. Upsta- upstanding. Jimmy Gordon is what Amen. I meant to say. And I said Jimmy Olsen. Jimmy Olsen is the murdered. He was, he was killed. Not to be mistaken with hunky ass James Gordon. Yeah, James, James Olsen, Olsen is six foot six. Fucking there you go. Now Greg got it fucked up in the other direction. <laughs> it's all I'm fucked up. I'm not alone. They're all fucked up. It's, it's, up, it's late at night. <laughs> um, re- uh, remembering his encounter, he goes to the well and he finds an entrance to a massive cave underneath his home. Out of nowhere, an entire swarm of bats envelop him as that classic Nolan score blares in the background. Um, they would take this quite literally in the uh, next time they do Batman and these these bats will lift <laughs> young Bruce. <laughs> In Out of the sky, they took me to the light. <laughs> but what a what a shot! Really yes. cool shot. Um, again, v- beautiful music. So, uh, we see Crane meeting with Carmine, and they discuss shipments and shadowy bosses. Crane asks Falcone to get Rachel off his case, and he agrees to. At Wayne Enterprises, Bruce Wayne makes a shocking return after being gone for over half a century. He is confronted by William Earl, the de facto president after the Waynes were killed, who is bringing the company public. Um, I love that he's like all flirting with the <laughs> receptionist and stuff like that. I like this is all Bru- very Bruce Wayne. Um, so Wayne expresses interest in the R&D department, research and development. And he meets up with Lucius Fox, played by Morgan Freeman, who shows him some prototypes for grapple guns, utility harnesses, and eventually a Nomex survival suit. Uh, Wayne says he wants to borrow the suit for cave diving. And even though it looks like Lucius doesn't believe him, he doesn't care. <laughs> Which I also think is pretty cool. He's just like, just you're doing rich white boy stuff. Like, just do it. Like, I don't, <laughs> it, I love it. He's like, uh, I, I want to steal this. He's like, it's it's yours. Though. Yeah, yeah that, that was my line. Like, sir, this is all yours anyway. He's like, to me, I don't even, everything's unlocked. Bro, I've been checked out of this place for fucking for months now. Um, as you know, as we've been going through this uh, plot thing, I think I think it's important to let you know that Lawrence Fishburne was considered the, for the role of Lucius Fox. I can see it. 
that's just going to the to the well of the matrix again right like that's just yeah that's just going, yeah that's just, that's just doing that um but david as goyer said that morgan freeman was the only person who could play lucius fox interesting um now that I think about it, this film is really helped by these elder statesman actors. Yes. They, they do give this movie a, a bit more of a gravitas. Um, if Lucius Fox would have just been some unknown actor, if I don't think it would have worked as well. Nolan stacked it on purpose, apparently. He really wanted it to feel important. He like wanted, a, like he a wanted prestige a, film. We had yeah, he wanted a large cast of important actors. Prestige. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> he's certainly a uh, he's certainly an, a, a well-known actor the character not so much no uh yogi what do you think about the inclusion of lucius fox into the batman cinematic lore i thought it was great i thought uh because i own like his first appearance so i'm like yeah no awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> no, i put him in all the movies make it give his <laughs> son a thing <laughs> i uh no he especially in the nolan trilogy he's just he feels like an integral part of the whole operation. Uh, like so maybe if if he if I'm not sure exactly uh, how important he was in the lore before. I like I know he shows up and I know he serves this same position for a little while, but I don't know how many I, people have. I I arguably like just having Morgan Freeman play that in such a, a popular, successful film, like like tripled the stock of the character lucius fox and now he's in everything that's what i was gonna say i was even gonna jump to the conclusion do we even get a luke fox if we don't flesh yeah, this out the so. way probably not that we do um and that's great so uh michael kane says that he feels like alfred is the audience surrogate of this mm. film and if he's that then um lucius fox is like a walking eye roll like he's just <laughs> eye rolling at everything. He's eye rolling at Earl. He's eye rolling at Batman. He's all of it. Crane. Uh, uh, Crane. He at one point he just shows up at Wayne Manor because <laughs> Alfred lets him in, and he's yeah. eye rolling then too. He's like, see, spelunking, all that stuff. He does it. He does it uh, very, very well. Very, very well. Um. So. Uh. They. Uh, Alfred and Bruce start creating a headquarters in the cave. Um, again, this is this is Alfred. Like he sees how tunnel vision Bruce is, and it's just like I'm just gonna stay out of your way. Mm. I like though, how I, I, I was just saying, I like uh, how Grandpa Wayne is like a superhero too. He's like Grandpa Wayne used to help the slaves. The greatest the family yeah. ever. Yeah, bro. man, the greatest family <laughs> ever, ever. Because that could have been real dark. Your grandfather used to run the underground railroad. <laughs> yeah. He used to drive it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yes. But I mean, it's 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 almost the sort of thing where it's like, um, you have to imagine that in his head, Alfred's just, I I I just have to follow him through this because at least if I do that, I can be there, and he doesn't yes. shut me out. A hundred percent. You know, um, they they do they they mirror this later on in comics with Damien. Batman allows Damien to become Robin because if he doesn't, Damien's gonna go out anyway and do whatever the fuck and he just, wants and to. Just so murder. <laughs> at least as Robin, he's by Batman, and Batman can oversee him this entire time. Um, but yeah, like he like there's a lot of moments in this where Alfred is kind of laughing it off. He's kind of you know like 
he's kind of going with the flow and as it gets more serious he starts to kind of be like oh wow like you really you really want to do this this is like this is this is really a thing um through dummy corporations they buy several pieces of items they need and put them together themselves testing for durability and effectiveness uh 10,000 of the worst goddamn bat cows there are. <laughs> just hit it with Crack. one bat with one freaking bat um you think he would be able to like to make these right i mean surely he, he can now oh yeah <laughs> he's yeah. got all the pieces yeah um we had to buy 10,000 of them he made so many batarangs <laughs> and he <laughs> uses like two three three he uses three yeah. He, yeah, he uses He's like three. Alfred. I grossly overestimated how many of you that would <laughs> he, he technically uses two to take out the um to make the opening in the train at the end. Oh yeah, you're right. And yeah. he uses one more at another point. But he went to BJ, so he has like three thousand. Yeah. <laughs> they had a, they had a sale. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and they don't come back, so they're just shurikens, right? They're yeah, not, not batarangs. You're right. They don't come back. Yeah, they're just uh, shuriken. So I guess, I guess that works. I also, I know this is such a this is such a small thing. I fucking love that the gauntlets come from the League of Shadows. Me too. I, I do too. I, I, I too. like watching the the training and that they that they both have them. It's just a part of his. Yeah. yeah Even like, later on, they come yeah. back. They're all still wearing them. It's yeah. very cool. Yeah, I I think that's because you, if if it's not that, then he's just doing weird stylish stuff with the suit, right? Like, you know where they pushed it, where they pushed it was where the fake Al Ghul had him on on top of his robe. Yeah, it's yeah. just black gauntlets on top yeah. of his orange robe. Right? <laughs> Do you remember? Match. That just reminded me of when um Harry Osborn had his on underneath his shirt, his dress shirt, <laughs> whatever the fuck. <laughs> He presses a button and like these sharp fucking fins come out of his fucking arm. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, no, I like I said, I I remember just thinking like it, in a in a world where a lot of this stuff can seem cartoonish, there you can feel the realism. You can feel okay. Well, the mm-hmm. gauntlets came from there. The suit obviously already looks like a fucking Batman suit. He didn't even have to spray paint it. I'm like, it looks like a Batman suit. Yeah. Um. Part of me is like, does that work? Can you just spray paint like Kevlar? I guess you can, right? Like, and then whatever. it looks chic and shiny and clean and matte, like like a can- spray paint. And yeah, then we just, just put a bat paint. on it. Yeah, uh, on it, raised a raised element of a bat on it. I don't. Yep. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, yeah. It, it. That's just what that is. <laughs> um, so Jim Gordon gets approached by a masked Bruce Wayne, not a Batman masked Bruce Wayne, a, a ski masked Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. um, who interrogates Gordon about Falcone's shipments before disappearing. Bruce goes back to Lucius for more toys, including his cape, and Fox says he's not an idiot, but he'd rather not know what's going on. Bruce then sees a military bridging vehicle called the Tumbler and instantly falls in love with its power and speed before asking if it comes in black. Where do you guys sit on the Tumbler? Besides the driver's seat. Interesting. <laughs> I like the Tumblr. It was interesting. It's not my favorite I, Batmobile, but I like yeah. it. I came around on it, but I just remember thinking, this is a lot different than the cars I remember. Yeah. The tank. It is. I like how he can do, I like that he can do uh, parkour in it. It's, <laughs> it, 
in the whole the whole movie he's just like hopping from building to building he's like like this fucking 10 ton vehicle smashing on rooftops i I like that i like that it has seemingly the most uncomfortable looking like uh a torpedo position thing (laughs) yeah right when you move forward, yeah. The little tiny windshield is cute, though. It's a tiny little square windshield on the bottom for his torpedo <laughs> pocket. I just imagine uh, when Gordon does it, you just hear his back cracking. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and any word on the realism of this vehicle? Is that a real thing? I am. I don't I mean, I've seen people build fake ones, like, they yeah, just put this stuff around their car and drive. I don't know if they have bridging vehicles. What the? What is that? We just throw the car. It just jumps out and shoots rope and in two directions, and now it's suspended in the air. So it says um, the it was custom built, but it actually works. Um, It Mm. can get up to ninety miles per hour, and actually did jump around and did all that parkour tank because it's Christopher Nolan and everything can do everything. Uh, somebody built one and a legal, a legal street legal replica, and you can buy it for about a, a million street dollars. Legal replica, wow, yeah. Own a street, I legal still replica. wouldn't drive it, but wow, Tumblr. Oh, wow, where where do you park it? It's street legal. Where do you put where do you put in that? <laughs> no, for, for real, right? In your, in your cave, clearly. That's great. It's a limited edition of only five. I'd hope okay. so. People just driving their tumblers out there. Um, it's definitely not for stealth. No. It's not a stealth vehicle. Um, and like it looks like it would cause more damage just running into you than it would with any onboard weapons. Like just just sm- it just it just smashes a cop car right out the gate. And I was like, that's a bad look. Oh my god, bro. He threw when he throws the the spike strip or the caltrops, whatever the hell you want to call them. Mm-hmm. He killed those men, right? Those men are dead. Like the, <laughs> that fucking car hits those things and flips. And I'm like, he just killed a bunch of cops. He totally just killed a bunch of cops. Um, but yeah, like this is it feels like an exchange, uh, or it feels like a change of pace in general. Like by the Batman and Robin, the Batmobile was ribbed for her pleasure. You know, like it's glowing. Mm-hmm. It's glowing. It has fire in the front of the engine. Mm-hmm. If you remember, like it's basically a toy. And so they seem like they're doubling down on making everything in this super serious, super um, real, or at least something that feels like it can fit. Gritty. Yes. Um, when asked why bats, Bruce says he's frightened by them and it's time his enemies felt his dread um later that night flash meets with falcone and they do an exchange of drugs and money but it's interrupted by bruce wayne and his new vigilante persona batman he takes down the villains one by one before grabbing falcone and tying him to the gcpd searchlight his body almost mimicking a makeshift bat symbol um this was I bit of the action we were talking about or lack thereof not being able to kind of see what was going on. How did this scene work for you, GT? Cause I know that it, it, it was done on purpose. It was shot the way on purpose to make it seem <laughs> like he was a bit more of a force of nature, but does not seeing what Batman is doing help. Um, I think that's only totally works. I, 
while I understand obviously the 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 desire to want to watch the fight scenes and have them go down, I think the whole I think shooting it in the way where it's like Batman is this ninja, you don't you don't get to see what happens because that's how he moves. He's that fast, he's that quick, and it's just that um it sells the fact that they can't defend themselves against him because it's not a fist fight. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's it, it, it's it's them being sniped out. I do. I always like the. I like that. Uh, you know, the coming out of the shadows, coming out of the dark stuff. I think it works. Like Greg said, to introduce Batman as like this symbol of fear or whatever. But like Where I said, is this my, guy here? My problem. My problem is not that. My problem is the when it comes time to actually show some fighting, and it's like this is how we're doing it. Well, it. the bad news is that I get it. Sadly, most it's actors can't fight. That's There's what stunt no doubles for. Don't give me that shit. Get out of here. But you, but even you, in two thousand five. Yes, but he, but we also live he's in, in a he, mask. We're also living in the age now where a lot of those guys like to do their own stunts, and they like. Yeah, to I, I feel probably stunts. want to. Yeah, there were no stunts being done. What was he asking to do? Like he's just like you know do the, the fight scenes. I get it. I get, <laughs> they wreck. They try to rectify it in the next movie, and they come up with the quack quack, quack quack. And you know what? I prefer that. <laughs> the the Kevin yeah. Dunn thing they were doing. I, I, what I like about it is that, you know, he's he's in the shadows. They don't know where he's at, and he's seemingly striking. But it, it but you could already feel that he's using the skills learned, you know, in the yeah. League of Shadows, like all that stuff is coming back full circle. Bruce parrots a lot of what Ducard says. But in a way that it makes it seem like he came up with it to Alfred, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But a lot of what he's going for here, he's learned through the league, mm-hmm. which I think is pretty um, interesting. Which is why I think one of the best parts of this film is when Raish sees him in the actual suit and is like, "Wow, you took all this way more literally than I thought, <laughs> I thought that you were going to, bro." Like oh, I knew you were literally, <laughs> yeah. My other really? favorite line comes a little after that. It's just like. You think I can't stop two of your goons? If you wish. Yeah, fine. <laughs> They're dime a dozen, bro. And the other two are just ready, like, well, okay. Yeah. And those, what are those? Those shurukens are not doing it. Like, you can't, you don't have enough to, to pin everyone, pin prick everyone with your little uh, shurukens. So, uh, Rachel gets accosted by some of Carmine's men who try to silence her. But Batman shows up to, uh, and helps her out, and then he disappears. Gotham gives is the, gives her the information on um, the judge. Yes, that he was the dirty. Evidence. Yeah, that he was dirty. Um, and because yeah, they they wanted a DA that was um, brave enough to try to take Carmine Falcone down. We will see one not be able to, and then we'll see one damn near die trying. So, yeah, it, this stuff is uh, its a bit rough. Gotham is buzzing about his new protector, who apprehended the invincible Carmine Falcone, and it's made front page news. It's agreed that Bruce Wayne needs to play Playboy if he wants to avoid suspicion. Um, not to go too much on a rabbit hole here, but when I typed that out, I got a suggestion in grammar. To use more of a gender inclusive term <laughs> instead of playboy play person, I I got stuck. I was like, "What?" But play they fellow. Say, they say playboy. They play say they. Playboy. play fellow. 
play day. Um, I don't know. What did it? What did it suggest? I don't know. It does. It's not doing it now in this, but I think it was in the um, the online version of Word. Oh, okay. Um, that I get to access from my OneDrive, and so I was like, I don't. I'm just gonna put Playboy because welcome I, to the new world. Apparently, <laughs> um, so no more monorails. <laughs> the new world. We learn that a microwave emitter was stolen from a Wayne Enterprise ship, and it's extremely deadly. Mm-hmm. We see Wayne play dubious Playboy, swimming in fountains and spending all kinds of money at a hotel. Um, again, this is another moment that I completely forgot, bro. I completely forget that he eventually bumps into Rachel mm-hmm. doing this Playboy act. And she's like, mm. <laughs> and the Playboy act immediately falls apart. Yeah. Cause she's looking at him like, mm, like I, lo- I love I that. S- he's trying to tell her like, it's the worst. Like, why would you say that? He's like, hey, no, oh, you oh, see, oh, this, just, this just, is <laughs> nothing. This I is just not imagine, me. I just yeah. imagine John sitting there watching it, watching Bruce Wayne go from Playboy gimmick to like mega simp. He's right. like, hey, <laughs> deep, deep down, deep down. <laughs> I'm cool. I'm, I'm whoever you want. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I am. I'm whatever you want. Deep no, down. you know what I said? I am totally still the same guy. I, I, that all evidence to the contrary? Very. And then she gives him the line. She goes, it doesn't matter who he is deep down inside. It doesn't matter who he is underneath. But what he does that defines him. He'll put that away. He just likes saying other people's lines. So he'll just put that away in his mind. He just likes throwing other people's words at them, yes. Yeah, because when he makes up his own shit, you get, uh, sometimes being a hero is putting a jacket on a little boy. <laughs> telling him, Do I telling look him like a, a cop? <laughs> imagine gordon just didn't get that at all he's like yeah yeah that's really cool sometimes you put a jacket on a kid yeah yeah <laughs> i remember i did that once i wonder what ever happened to that kid <laughs> it's been 15 years i don't remember yeah his name was uh bryce something <laughs> I I put jackets around all the kids that yeah. died. <laughs> He uh, say it's it's the same uh, BJ sale that they they're going around buying everything in wholesale. Oh no! Um, I wanted to ask you guys because the apprehension of Carmine Falcone is the first time we get Bat Voice. We get I'm Batman, um, and then moving on for the rest of this, like we said, we t- we spoke to Gordon when he spoke to Rachel. Where do you guys sit on Bat Voice? He goes through a few of them in this movie. Yeah. Which yeah. makes sense that he would be are, experimental. It makes sense. Some are, less, some are less aggressive than other ones. And those yeah. are the better ones. There's like yeah. the one he's using when he talks to Rachel in the cave that I think is almost perfect. Okay. But we never quite get that one back because it just gets more aggressive. The worst is uh, the fla- uh, last uh, one, right? Do I look like a cop? Yeah, Flash is the worst, right? Right? He's, like, literally, he's literally like shaking with rage, like all that. Like, oh, he, he, <laughs> yeah. He looks like he gave himself a headache. Where are the drugs? Which doesn't help the story of saying that, like, Christian Bale is incredibly uncomfortable in his costume, so it's feeding his rage. Also, it's okay. a rage. Also, it's a rain scene, so it's very like everyone's uncomfortable, and Christian Bale's just just exploding all of his emotions. That's a, hilarious. Where are the drugs? He just wants to get this fucking scene over with to <laughs> go back to his trailer. Speaking of which, on his trailer, he didn't have Christian Bale; he had Bruce Wayne. 
Oh, yeah. Oh. Figured. Yeah, come on, bro. <laughs> um, Crane meets with Falcone, and Carmine threatens to tell on the good doctor if he isn't given something in return. Crane responds by showing him his scarecrow mask and gassing him with fear toxin and literally driving him crazy before advising his keepers to move him to Arkham. Um, I like, I like that. I like this. I like the weird effects of the fear toxin. Mm. I think it, I think it's actually done best probably in the Arkham series. Right. I mentioned earlier, I I mentioned earlier how it felt like this was like two episodes of the Batman. It felt like this was like the beginning of the second episode and they're like moving uh chess <laughs> pieces from yeah. the first one like off i the think board th- i think this confused me as a kid as an adult go for it's it it's extremely interesting this idea that you start off with one set of protagonists and that was always just a patsy for a much bigger plot i i don't think we i i at the time ever ever experienced that stuff usually the two villains are working together and you just got to beat them both in two different locations <laughs> like two-face and riddler and stuff like that i like but, that they did it twice yeah <laughs> like you did yeah. it twice basically and tied it all back around yeah um he's making these mini movies inside of the movies um and that's that's totally what it, what it feels because now we're, we we're kind of putting a pin in the mob stuff that we'll return to only in dark knight the rest of this will be um you know the league of shadows Raish and Scarecrow. Uh-huh. Um, boop, boop, boop. So that night, as Gordon is taking out the trash, Batman shows up to talk to Jim in private. He explains that Gordon's partner was dirty and that he was going to get some answers out of him. And Gordon tells him that he believes he's trying to help. As he said he would, Batman strings up Flash. Of course, and... he doesn't mention that he totally knew he was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Batman strings a flask and finds out that there was something hidden in the drugs and that whatever was added happened in the narrows. Using the info Flash gave him, Batman finds Joffrey, but more importantly, finds one of the <laughs> drop-off spots. Uh, when he makes himself... This, this scene always made me laugh. I don't know why. When he finds... Uh, when he makes himself known, Dr. Crane sprays him with fear toxin, sets him on fire, and lets him jump out of a window. <laughs> There's, something, help. there's something about a very confused Batman on fire that is just funny to me. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be, it. but it's like, He's like he had no he had no backup for that. Like he, he had, took it too far. <laughs> this is like the second time in this movie that Batman just falls off and shit. Alfred, you right. Alfred, you right. Alfred. There's another moment where that's literally what happens. He's just like, yeah, that's it. Like, no more. Never mind. Never um, mind. He planned for almost everything but that. It was so simple to just set the man on fire. <laughs> what happened, Master Bruce? I, I didn't think I didn't think they were gonna set me on fire. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't in the manual. I, he set me on fire, Alfred. <laughs> oh man, that's so funny. Um uh I do like like I said, the fear toxic stuff. I think it's fun, a funnier when they give it to Crane and he sees that weird bl- black goo oozing Batman. That, uh, Dr. Crane isn't in it right now. With the yeah. lips. The lips yeah. creep me out. Yeah. It's super uh. weird. Super weird stuff. Um, if you'd like to leave a message. Uh, Bruce calls for Alfred, still terrified because of the effects of the toxin. He wakes up two days later. Mm. 
two fucking days later, he wakes up on his birthday, and both Lucius and Alfred are at his bedside. Lucius said that he will work on an antidote for the toxin, and he can make some more if need be. Uh, Rachel stops by the mansion to drop off his present and remarks that her boss hasn't been around for two days. She then leaves when um, Crane, when she finds out that Crane got moved, oh, sorry, that Crane got Carmine moved to the asylum, and she shows up to confront him. Bruce heads there as Batman as well. Rachel says they're going to test Carmine's blood to find out what Crane has him all hopped up on. I love that Crane is like, after this, Crane's like, all right, you know what? <laughs> like, I'm fucking done with this shit. Like, you were bothering me before. I sent the mob after you. They didn't fucking kill you. And now you're saying you're going to drug test Carmine and you're going to fucking get me arrested? Let me show you something real quick. And he just brings her to the fucking lab. He's like, this is where we make the illegal drugs. Um, <laughs> uh, and seemingly they're pouring it into the Gotham water supply. Rachel is doused uh, with this fear toxin and basically comatose when Batman arrives and gives Crane a taste of his own medicine by spraying him with the toxin as well. And that's when we get that moment of the oozing Batman. Mm -hmm. Um, The GCPD swarm the area. So Batman uses a swarm of bats to escape after he meets up with Gordon and tells him about uh, Crane, Falcone, the drugs and the water supply, even though they still don't know who Crane is working for. Batman gets in the tumbler and puts Rachel inside and he gets into a high-speed chase with the GCPD as Rachel is tripping out in the passenger seat. I've been there. <laughs> I've, been, I've, been, I've been too many tequilas deep sitting in the passenger seat, just watching the lights go by and being like, what's happening? I don't know what's going on. He said, trust me. And then he disappears into the hole. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah. So- the Tumblr is shown to be extremely versatile, even traversing rooftops, and is definitely outmatching anything the GCPD could muster. And that's one thing that's clear in this. It's like he is far above and away, faster, so stronger. Catch him. He's literally doing parkour <laughs> in a tank. Uh, he, What's it look like? It's black. Yeah. One of them says that, doesn't he? he says, what is it's it? It's a like, black it tries, It drives tank. by and he goes, oh snap um he lets out some spikes to divert and seemingly kill some officers before losing them wow those men are dead he killed those cops with no remorse for rachel if there's, with 16 if there's only a one percent chance oh no <laughs> so um Gordon investigates the drugs in the water supply and wonders why he hasn't heard of any citizens getting affected. Another cop deduces the stuff might have to be inhaled through the lungs for it to work. If only someone had a microwave emitter somewhere. (laughs) We didn't didn't lose one of those somewhere. Um, Rachel wakes up and Batman gives her some... That one dude is so cavalier about the information. He's just like, look, I can't fix the problem. I just figure it out. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I... (laughs) <laughs> he just drops that knowledge and walks off. Like, He's like, I don't, I don't even live in Gotham. I'm from Bloodhaven. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I'm going Gotham, back home, dude. Yeah, yeah, Gotham. It's <laughs> fucking crazy. Every other day, it's take down the bridges. <laughs> Every other day, it's <laughs> the biggest criminal in my hood is a spray painter. That's it. Rachel wakes up 
and Batman gives her some of the antidote to inoculate Gordon, uh, but also to make more. Upstairs from the passed out woman in his cave, Bruce Wayne gets ready from for his birthday party away manner. Again, something there's so many little details that I didn't get. I was so focused on this first watching of this mm. that like it opened up a whole nother movie to me where it's like, oh yeah, she was downstairs that whole time. <laughs> like fucking passed out. She came to the party anyway. And he he just tells like Alfred, yeah, and by the way, Alfred, when you have a chance, can you go drop off Rachel? <laughs> Like, and then you have that scene of him trying to put a comatose woman in his car and people, <laughs> look, and people looking at him like, what the fuck are you doing? It's so messed up. Um, He gets dressed up and as he's getting dressed up, Alfred dresses his ass down for being reckless and getting caught on the news. Um, And this is a bit where we start getting a bit of that sentimental um, Michael Caine where he's like, uh, you know, don't, don't just throw out your your name your good name sir and he's like um no i don't care about my name alfred he's like well it wasn't just your name it was your father's name as well and it's the it's only thing that's left of him it's, <laughs> not even, it's not even your family yeah and i'm just like oh when he gives them that fucking line early, yeah. early on what do you even care it's not even your family um i'm telling you michael king brings it he yeah. he's on the verge of tears as he's saying this stuff. He very very. I like that God, Bruce actually me. considered it though, because the you know he comes out and he, he screams at all the party goers to leave, and one of them is like, "The apple falls very far from the tree," and he just. I'll stopped. never. <laughs> the, like, oh, fuck. the old Wayne orgies were way better than this. <laughs> oh, <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> the Wayne Mansion orgies were never this disrespectful before. <laughs> I'm telling you. Oh my god. That's where the theatricality really comes in. Oh no. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a whole nother movie. There's some eyes uh, wide shut stuff going on here. Uh Bruce enters the party, tasks Alfred with getting the drugged up Rachel home, and we see Jim Gordon interrogate a now insane crane about how he planned on getting his drugs into the air, but he is a lost cause. Uh, Bruce finds out that Mr. Earl filed, fired Mr. Fox over asking too many questions about the stolen microwave emitter, but advises Fox to go make as many antidotes as he can before it's too late as he believes Crane is planning something. The fantastic Mr. Fox. The fantastic Mr. Fox. He's like, I'm fired, but I'm here for the hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> 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 um, he's suddenly interrupted by a woman who can't wait to introduce him to a party guest. <laughs> Uh, Raish Al Ghul, and we see a bad Roz cosplayer, uh, <laughs> who Bruce correctly identifies as not Raish. <laughs> Suddenly, Ducard makes his presence known, and it is revealed that Ducard was always Raish, and by him being here, the mission to of the League to destroy Gotham is now at hand. Scared for his guests, Bruce pretends to be a drunk asshole and kicks all of his guests out. Uh, they seem confused, so he gets more serious and tells them to get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> I think this scene is also done very well. There's a level of disdain. It's so uncomfortable. Yeah, there's a level of disdain that he conveys in this that he really feels like they're under his shoe. You know, like you two-faced, you know, money-grubbing, smile. Like, just, just go. Don't yeah. laugh. This is not a joke go and i'm like this is fucking i can imagine it's definitely an undertone of it in in the sense that like 
This dude just got back to Gotham. He doesn't know any of these people, but they're all very nice to him. It's like, yeah. fuck all of y'all. Right. He hasn't been there in seven years, and everybody came for his birthday party. <laughs> and then he cursed everybody out. Um, but like I said, done very, very well. And in this moment, as you were saying, uh, Yogi, you think about what Alfred said. Like, is he ruining his reputation here as a Wayne, you know? Um, and he even thinks about it for a second. Um, people are upset, but they do leave. And it is revealed that Roz had his men infiltrate the party. He explains that he's been working with Crane and in doing so has crafted a fear toxin derived from the same blue flower that Bruce picks in his initiation to the League. His men stole the emitter and plan to force Gotham to tear itself apart. Roz calls Bruce's mission uh, Fool's Errand of trying to save Gotham. Whilst also taking credit for toppling several civilizations deemed too decadent. We are shown that Roz's men let out the inmates in both Arkham and Blackgate to help the chaos ensue. Raish gives Bruce one more choice, but Bruce's mind is made up. They set fire to his mansion, and uh, Roz tells Bruce that they tried to destroy Gotham before using economics, but they underestimated citizens like Thomas and Martha Wayne, who used their wealth to inspire and help. He says their deaths galvanized Gotham, and it's been limping ever since, but that he's here to put it out of its misery. I, I want to believe that not only did the League of Shadows destroy Constantinople, but then vote the song about it. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's them both, Constantinople. <laughs> um, I like the illusion of them making Gotham worse. Mm-hmm. It would have been a bit too far if he would have said something along the lines of like they killed the Waynes because they got in the way. You know, yeah. I'm glad we didn't go there. I'm glad he was just like, you know, they had. An they effect. were so close to doing it. That's why I said I can almost feel a, a version of the script that says, "And when they got in the way, we got rid of them, but their deaths galvanized <laughs> Gotham anyway." And so. Yeah. It's like the movie, and the, when, the movie creator's instinct to try to tie that together, and they have to be told, "No, stop yeah. it." Yeah, bad. I just, I just keep. I when you say it that way, I keep hearing Zola in my head. Oh, I'm telling you, accidents <laughs> happen. History was changed. That's it. Um, but but but, so there are. Oh, no, yeah. Um, he calls Bruce weak for not having what it takes to kill those in his way. They scuffle a bit, and Bruce is knocked out and eventually pinned down by debris, but not for long as Alfred shows up and helps. And I love that he's like, What's, why do all these bloody push-ups if you can't even push up a damn log? <laughs> I laugh because then Bruce is like, oh, <laughs> And then yeah. really does it. And he just lifts it up. Oh, shit, that's right. I'm strong. <laughs> yeah. Give me a second. <laughs> Alfred, you use the power of shame. Well, there's that scene, right, where Alfred's trying to talk to him. He just starts doing push-ups. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not big attention. He starts doing push-ups. Um, Gotham is basically ablaze, and there's full-blown panic in the streets when Roz activates the emitter, spreading the toxin through the air as it evaporates the water. Gordon gives himself the antidote, and Bruce soups up as Batman and heads to Gordon's location. They suspect that they will use the train to get their machine to Wayne Tower at the center of the city. If they can get there, they can vaporize the entire city's water supply in mere moments. Crane terrorizes Rachel and Joffrey, but Rachel tases him and he goes away. The most anticlimactic 
Like he shows up, his horse is breathing fire. He's scary as hell. And then she like tases him. He's like, ah! And then he just goes away. And I was like, what the fuck? I was trying to find the arc too. Like, yeah, maybe this is good for good for Rachel. This is maybe Scarecrow always had it coming. Or no, we just Rachel's not a damsel in distress. See, so she can defend herself. She should have had a one-liner or something, though. Yeah, I don't know something. <laughs> she had her one-liner, and that's when she figured out Batman was behind her. Oh, He's yeah. capable. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, you yeah. better run. Oh crap! Because you, you're right; they were at odds. Um, the whole movie, Rachel and Crane yeah. were, but she seemingly doesn't have anything against him. <laughs> like I felt like there should have been a little bit more animosity of like. Ugh. But he let the, the like the scream he lets out in pain as he's being drugged by the horse. <laughs> it's just hilarious. Like it's the most embarrassing villain exit ever. Um, so suddenly she's surrounded by released Arkham inmates. Zaz is there. He loves a good knife. Um, as he does. Instead, um, oh no. Uh, but before anything happens, Batman shows up to save them. Before he leaves, Rachel asks his name, but instead he throws her quote back at her and takes off. Again, the worst person at keeping his own secret identity. He's like, <laughs> I, I, I have to hint it to anyone who asks. <laughs> who are you? I'll never tell you. But if you put like B and W together and you think of like rich people and then you go and think about somebody whose parents died, I don't know. You might get your answer. <laughs> you no, nicely, he was waiting. I'll give you a clue. He was yeah. waiting to tell Rachel he was Batman for uh, all for the whole time he was Batman. And it's Ever probably one of those. Him. Yeah, it's probably one of those more so excited to tell him because he thinks it's cool than exactly. You know, like, <laughs> no, there was like, no reason, but he was like, "Yeah, this is it. This is the one." Guess what, girl? I'm Batman. <laughs> yeah, that's this it. This is who I am underneath. Remember, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> you get you get it because it was the thing that you told me about <laughs> what I am underneath, and I'm underneath here. Yes, Bruce, I get it. I get it. Um, so. Uh, Roz loads the emitter onto the train, but he's confronted by Batman. I like his little breathing apparatus. Just like they're using that for Jason Todd now. Uh, so <laughs> you know they found they found more uses out of it. Hey, let's see. Got just got to circulate those props. Maybe Al Ghul bought a thousand of those, to ten thousand of those <laughs> from somebody else from China. Uh, yeah. Um, and it, this is this is the bit, right? Like it's like super realistic but the microwave emitter is uh, is, is is pseudo bullshit right like just made up like, <laughs> comics it's com- it's superhero stuff but i just love that you still need you still need that element there like you can't go out and out like straight up serious like you're still making up like microwave emitters dark knight's probably the most serious yeah like all that stuff is probably like the technology and all that stuff is probably the most whatever but um yeah, like I'm thinking to myself, like we're still there's still like a MacGuffin we have to stop a ticking time like bomb. The, the, the sonar is almost a little over the top. Like this discussion there about bandwidth and like what <laughs> servers, yeah. server space, and all that shit. Yeah, lag. <laughs> right. Uh, but it, it's that scene that you were talking about where the you know he brings up two more guys so he can face off against him. Um. Using his grappling hook, he attaches himself to the train as it hurls towards uh, Wayne Tower. Didn't break his arm. You would think you would think <laughs> a man 
from the ground, <laughs> latching onto a speeding train, uh, you know, fulcrums and all that. But John yeah. has seen enough Fast and Furious to know that movie men are immortal. Yes. Yeah, you know he's got titanium arms. <laughs> and ca- and and anything can swing from a cable without yes. breaking or anything. hurting it. <laughs> Integrity and any of that stuff. The, like, the yeah. tensile stuff is just out of this world. He yeah. was behind that train like a parachute. <laughs> he's just... <laughs> He, he was a, like a, a, a plastic bag in the wind. Yeah, <laughs> behind it. <laughs> so so good. Um, <laughs> he. I I I I'm deeply amused by the idea. Uh, the way it's shot and edited is that this whole train scene is happening, and then you randomly get these two dudes that work at the Gotham train operating. Trying to explain to the audience Bro, what's about that to was happen. that was never more apparent than this rewatch because I didn't I, they're not in my notes at all because all they do is continually remind us that we don't want this thing to get to the heart of this fucking city because it might evaporate all the fucking water. He's like, don't forget, earlier in the movie they told us that all the water pipes go through the Wayne Tower. If that comes over here, we're all gonna blow. Oh yeah, I saw that part. It was you know. Like it's, 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 it's literally it's guy. literally it's literally one of those conversations you see in a movie where like it's it's clearly exposited for the audience but you're just thinking to yourself yeah dude i work here i know yeah yeah as i said like <laughs> I, it was never so obvious that that's all they were doing was trying to like really make sure the fans knew what the fuck was going on in this third act i, I like it's almost it's almost gotta be a studio note like they like you, you have to believe that reshoots they, like, right because you don't need anybody they, else that's what i they mean just... like they they, they play tested it and it's just like the audience was confused by the final act of oh, now we gotta shoot two guys explaining yeah, the two point. randos <laughs> <laughs> oh my god they they now i want the trilogy with just them also in at all times that, that's it, your that's your batman bosenkrantz and gildenstern <laughs> yeah like there's two boats you understand and he's <laughs> trying to he's trying to get one to blow up the other and if he does <laughs> so good um the train um uh, gordon is is rocking with the tumbler this film and this trilogy always find something for him to do they always yes. give him his own little uh, arc or moment or you know like i'm helping too and i think yeah. that that goes to show how much of a part of this saving of gotham he is again like our our last gordon the gordon from the fucking the other four movies did nothing absolutely yeah. nothing I, I used to think it was a play on him when they they talk about in lego batman that all he does is press the button like that's his, that's his job is to hit the fucking switch, and that's what it felt like in those OG movies. Gordon was he doesn't Gordon get fucking uh, seduced by poison ivy? I told you he's terrible in that. <laughs> I, I vaguely remember that actually. Um, yeah, he's terrible in those what fucking else, movies, man. What's also sort of interesting is, at least for me, I guess I only really um, digested the animated series other than this at the time. Uh, Gordon is so in deep with the vigilante mission compared to most of the other versions that it's almost completely compromising to his position as a cop. I think it's all in the line. Eh, I think you're here to help. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All literally all of his, all of his mentality is wrapped around the idea that sounds good. Like on paper. Yeah. 
Sounds good. Like, like the only other one that's probably just as bad is 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 the new one where like him and Batman just go and, and go after a suspect together. It almost which is a breaks probably every rule ever. It's one of those things that you know you can convey a lot of ideas without actually having to state them outright. Mm-hmm. And one of those ideas almost you know played out there is that like the gcpd is so bad that he would rather team up with a stranger in a yeah. fucking bat suit than hang out with the fucking guys at his own job like that's funny as hell too he's like i'll just hang out with this dude he seems to he's he seems to have it everything that i need which makes me feel bad because because of um because of John and stupid books he makes me read, I, I've developed a slight relationship with certain other GCPD members that never get any play. Okay, yeah, yeah. Looking at you, Renee. <laughs> right. There's no, what you call it in this? There's no, um, who's the other Flash? There's a Flash and there's a... No Bullock. No Bullock. Bullock, Harvey Bullock. Yes. There you there's go. no Harvey Bullock. There's no Renee Montoya. There's no, um, what's, who's Batwoman's wife? Mag- Maggie Set Sawyer. Maggie yes. Sawyer. I thought Maggie Sawyer is uh, Metropo- Metropolis, sweetie. It's they, 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 likes... they all get energy. They get transferred. Yeah, they get transferred. I can see that. Because aren't they both in Gotham Central, John? Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. they are. Okay. Their whole little love story. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, so... I think Renee. I think Renee ends up with Maggie, right? Not no. ends up with, but I think they're together. Uh, now point, I don't know. I just post I just know Batwoman. I just know at some point Batwoman. It seems like Batwoman ends up with them both in different situations. It's like I think Batwoman has a type. Well, her big thing, remember, <laughs> was that they were gonna get married, um, Maggie and her. And yeah, then DC, well, yeah no, that was after. Yeah, yeah, DC got the cold feet. But isn't Batwoman also with Renee at some point? Yes, She's, I love this. Love this superhero <laughs> lesbian tr- love crime. Oh, Jesus. Hey, DC fuck, man. That that's that's just what happens there. And now uh, you can catch now you can catch Batwoman in a relationship with Catwoman. <laughs> you can catch Batwoman nowhere because they canceled it. That's uh, Did they? That's yeah. Yeah. It's all gone. Show. It's all gone. Everything but everything but Flash is canceled. Oh no Legends. no no no! I was talking about that that movie, the animated movie. Oh no, it's out there. Oh yeah. no, no no that That's one. Right. Yeah, uh, hunted. Batwoman and Catwoman. Yeah. Catwoman hunted. I think it's called right. Yes. Yeah. It's Batwoman's hunting for that ass. Hey, John, get that on the food. Oh dear. Uh, so Batman does battle with Al Ghul on the train. Roz disables the control so it can't be stopped. The teacher and student continue to battle it out while also talking about how they feel about crime. <laughs> and Batman ends up in a position where he can kill Roz, but refuses to. Gordon uses the tumbler cannons to destroy a section of the track so the train can't make it to the tower. Batman escapes the runaway train, leaving Al Ghul and the emitter and the train to crash. Can we talk about the worst section of ADR here? Which, which one's that? When they tumble over and 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 he he tries to mumble out the line like you never learn to mind your surroundings. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty rough. It's pretty fucking rough. I was like, it doesn't even match the version on the screen. Like, guys, Bruce this... trying to convince himself that he isn't killing Rachel Ghoul is hilarious. <laughs> That's also hilarious. To, but I don't have to save you. 
you get, there's you also a it. moment there's it's also the a moment thing, so. oh yeah totally there's also a moment where like i disassociated and i was like really there's a yeah i was like there's a old man fighting a man in a bat suit in a train like they're just like tumbling over chairs like they're tumbling over booths and chairs and shit i'm just like this is great like i fucking love that there's nobody else on this train it's just batman and ross al ghul and they're fucking whooping each other's ass like this is fantastic um but yeah he says he doesn't have to kill him but he doesn't have to save him and uh basically takes off and the thing crashes big ass crash and then they just go to the next day like there's no like there's no there's no like real, had an inexplicably large explosion yeah for the train after it slid for like 20, 20 seconds and <laughs> massive boom yeah and like i would think everything after that would have been confusing it's Batman kind of like watching gordon it's kind of like watching vegeta explode and you just go why yeah, that's so much more. Is he has, <laughs> was he made it? Was he made of gasoline? <laughs> What's going on there? That's how he's immortal. There you go. Don't drink gasoline, kids. <laughs> uh, the next day, Mister Earl is fired and replaced mm-hmm. by Lucius Fox, as Bruce is the majority shareholder now that the company went public. The news thinks that Bruce got drunk and set his own mansion on fire, which is better for them to think than the regular truth. Yes. Uh, I just love that. And Alfred's the one who says it, right? Like Bruce, like Batman made front page, but Bruce Wayne is on page, page six. six. <laughs> yeah, so good. Um, uh, later, Bruce begins the rebuilding process. Rachel shows up. They reconcile the moment Bruce tried to kill Chill. They share a kiss, but Rachel tells him that the man she loved never came back. There's only Batman now. What a bitch. Why did you come? <laughs> this she on rewatch. To it. On rewatch, this was completely unnecessary. Not unnecessary in the script writing or filmmaking process, but like as a person, don't do this. Anyone? Yeah, anyone like, listening to this? Don't do this. Why would you do that? Don't do this. <laughs> um she says all the right things. Like I I you know, I thought you were gone and you came back and all of a sudden I, I felt like this was, there was some hope. And then maybe, you know, when you're done being Batman, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see each other again. And again, if she came back in the next movie, all his talk about quitting Batman feels more real. But now it just right. feels like he's telling it to somebody who he never met before. <laughs> he's a playboy. He's just chasing girls down with this line that I'm going to retire. Don't yeah. worry, baby girl. You know, I'm going to retire eventually. It's all about you. Don't even worry about it. Um, <laughs> Later, Batman and Gordon meet up to speak about the criminals still out there. Mm-hmm. Gordon fears that there will be escalation and that Batman's existence invites challenge. He mentions a criminal committing armed robbery and only leaving behind a Joker playing card. Gordon remarks that he never said thank you, and Batman tells him, you'll never have to, before jumping off the ledge. So good. Um, Watching this film, knowing what happens in the next film, I still got hype for that ending. I still got hype for that. Like, what? We're doing that? Like, what? Oh, shit. <laughs> um and 
you know, like we said, this they explain in this what they would go on to try to explain in Civil War, the idea of of Batman's existence inviting challenge, and how because he upped the ante, the villains would up the ante. It's said so well by by um, Gordon about the mm-hmm. armor pierc- armor piercing bullets escalation and escalation and all that kind of stuff. It's said so well, and it makes a lot, it like makes a lot of sense, and it's the reason why you can start the next film right you know like mm-hmm. right off the rip because this led so this made so much groundwork um do you did you enjoy this film more than you remember upon rewatch gentlemen um i i think I, i'm 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 not gonna say i enjoyed it like yesterday more than usual but i yeah. think it got better as i got older it's it has gotten better through rewatches yeah i think I, yeah i agree and but i i also i'm trying i'm trying to gauge this because people were very quick to say again that the batman was better than the dark knight i am in the bag for this stuff so it's hard for me to make that distinction Mm -hmm. but i do wonder if the batman had an easier time getting the first movie off the ground but again it had an additional 40 minutes (laughs) so it's it's a combination of things because the Batman wasn't exactly an origin story either. Like we didn't have to wait to get into it. Like he, we jump, we jump into the pool. Yeah, like instantly. That's true. Yeah, they they basically <laughs> they basically spend the first three minutes talking about um the mark he's already left on it a year into it. You're right. You're you right. know, a bunch of the, the thugs looking into alleys like, oh, is he back there? But that's another criticism. This, I'm the that... boogeyman. I'm coming to get you. <laughs> Bruce doesn't become Batman. I don't think to like over an hour into this film. Is that an issue for you guys? No, no. I mean, it's a, it is what it is. That's just the way the story goes. I I enjoyed it for what it was, and because right. and because the the I think the the story is so tight that the training and the weaving of that of his beginnings into the rest of the story just works too well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, and it, it, there's very little Batman media that makes you care about Bruce. Yeah. So getting all this upfront stuff with Bruce, Christian Bale, the father stuff, the, the background with Rachel, like he yeah. has friends, he has parents, he has a mentor. They really fleshed out the Gotham. They really fleshed out his supporting, not just his supporting cast, but like Bruce Wayne's support system, I guess is yeah. the best way to say it. And I, and I think that like, it, even though it, even though you you can arguably get very little of it, I just think the in part the relationship between Bruce Wayne and Ra's al Ghul and the just the the on screen chemistry between Christian Bale and Liam Neeson just like makes the film almost yeah. front to back for a long time. Yeah, there there's a definite student versus teacher vibe from this. There's a definite even a betrayal. That Ducard mm-hmm. feels when Bruce doesn't see his vision the way he, yeah. he should see it. Um, even, the, even even the betrayal of leaving him alive. Yeah, and and I think one of the things that people get wrong about Batman as a character is now we've seen two instances between this and the Batman where he chooses to be the light and be something more inspiring. There's darkness around him, and yes, he does want enemies to fear him, but he also wants to be a force for good. Mm-hmm. Um, and he and he does believe that people are worth saving. Um, and they had to make that distinction. You know, they had to have Al Ghul be the extreme of that so that he could argue against it. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, it's, he's a better uh, hero for it. When all is said and done, what do you think about when you think of this film, GT? What is the scene? What is the moment? What is the quote? What's the character? What do you think about when you think about Batman Begins? Um, you know, I, I mostly, I, I think I mostly think about um, this, the, the, the implementation of what's going to be uh, strongly used throughout the entire next two movies mm-hmm. of the Batman theme in the chase scene. Ah, uh, yeah, like I can the, see that. The yeah. first, the where it's like the first moment where we really had our, like, like that's our Batman moment. Yeah, no, I you can know? see that. What about you, Yogi? Uh, Falcon getting tied onto the searchlight. That makes, that's pretty. That's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty badass. That <laughs> that badass. that that makeshift bat signal is pretty great. Yeah, yeah. me to me, it's dumb on the ice with the swords, man. Like that. That makes the whole thing for me. I just that. That's, it's, it's a great so Im- one, yes. It's so embedded in my mind. Like, like I before then, I never questioned who trained Batman. I got yeah. into comics later as well, and they never really explain it. He just because like everything. fifteen different people did. Yeah, and so like knowing that he, it came he, from he, this, he accomplished the impossible task of mastering fifteen different martial arts in two years. Well, that's, and that's, it. It kind of showed me the thing about comics is like anyone can come up with an answer, and the question is, do you have a better answer? Yeah. Right. And Nolan had some better answers to some things in comic lore that weren't answered or fleshed out. Um, so I'm so grateful that he uh, took upon this this trilogy. I'm so grateful that we have these movies. And I'm so grateful for everyone who's been listening all the way through to here because mm-hmm. we are going to be continuing this uh, the next week after you hear this. We'll be tackling the Dark Knight mm-hmm. and. I will be uh, very curious to see how that film works. Uh, post everything with a brand new joke, with two new jokers, right? Three new jokers. <laughs> Sorry. Don't say that. Don't say Fudge. that. To, don't say that to John. John, do you realize that? John gets We've triggered. Had three jokers since Heath Ledger. You don't say three jokers around Joker verse. Oh, I'm going to have them together. You don't say three jokers around John. He gets triggered. I get sad. Uh, <laughs> and if you wanna if you wanna if you wanna pull up old boy from um Gotham, that's four. Four jokers in less than ten years. He was <sighs> he was like unnecessarily good. Yeah, yeah. He did he did a good job with that. But hopefully we did a good job with this in uh conveying what we felt about Batman begins, but we'll be back next week to talk uh the Dark Knight. But as you know, every single episode of the Major Issues podcast is available at uh, comicbookclick.com. That's over 200 episodes of this podcast. Um, I'm hoping that when I leave this earth, you can just put all these episodes into a robot and it will give predictive answers to stuff. <laughs> you, I'm, I'm hoping technology gets there. We'll see. We're still working on Hologram Stanley, so one step at a time. One um, step. One step at a time. Uh, comic book click is also the one-stop shop for all of our merchandise articles written by us and a little bit about us so consider going there it's our home but if you already have a podcast app you can download the major issues podcast wherever podcasts are found podbean stitcher podcast addict the apple podcast app google podcast uh facebook says that they don't do podcasts anymore but they keep publishing hours and i don't understand how that works <laughs> so that we might still be going through it there the easiest way and the way i'm proudest 
of finding the major issues podcast is you can just Google it. Everyone just Googles things. If you type in major issues podcast into your uh, search engine, we'll be the first ones to pop right up because we're always talking about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. We're also uh, doing some extracurricular activity. I'm doing some um, CBC React videos for Superman and Lois. We're on a hiatus at, at the moment as the series is also on a hiatus. But make sure you go over to our YouTube, which you can also find in the show notes. So you can check that out there. Consider buying exclusive merchandise designed by me at our T Public Store, which you can find that link at comicbookclick.com. You just hit that shop CBC button and you'll be transported to buy exclusive merchandise designed by me. And we get a kickback for everything that you buy. But if you want to just give us cash in hand, consider being a patron at patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse. For as little as $3 a month, 10 cents a day, you help us keep the lights on here and afford the hardware and the software that we need to go off into the future and do some really really cool stuff with content as we are gearing up for uh you know this summer and this summer is going to be crazy miss marvel she hulk thor love and thunder umbrella academy freaking the boys like it's not stopping people it's never getting smashed over the face with content over the damn face while also going and trying to read the latest and greatest stuff to come to comic books and comic book media so make sure that you're on a board there and uh, join us next time for Dark Knight. I believe I said everything I got to. Oh, rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, it's the quickest way for us to grow as podcasters and find out what you like and what you don't. I've been to the future. We do become the latest and greatest thing to come to comic books, comic book media. Um, but I can't tell you how I how we did it. I'll just say it has to do with a microwave emitter. I'll just put that out oh. there. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you one just uh disappeared we'll find out what happened there but we'll find out all that stuff next week my name is george serrano aka the don i'm gregory thomas aka gz rebirth he's jonas Kadero, aka yogi and this has been our batman begins uh, recap and review and remember whether you're a genius playboy uh inventor philanthropist or oh, is that the wrong hey, name, now. right yeah <laughs> It's not who you are underneath. It's what you do that defines you. Um, where are the drugs going? And I'm not uh, a cop. And he's not a cop. Do I look like a cop? <laughs> be something more. Be something greater. But always remember that you, yes, you are worthy. Worthy.